The Lifestylist, episode 206, featuring Whitney and Danielle from Sakara Life. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Let's talk about Earth Runners. Man, these are one of my favorite companies, and this is a product I've been using personally for years. I wore mine all day today. Uh, most of the things that I do plugs for on the show, I use just about every day, and Earth Runners are one of those. So I use these things for trail running, for hiking, for walking on the beach, for flying on airplanes. I wear them just about every single day. What's cool is these are ergonomically designed minimalist sandals that are super comfortable, super cool looking. And what is maybe the raddest thing about them is that they're handcrafted in California, made in the USA, and that they are electrically grounded to the planet. So when you wear these things, it's the equivalent of being barefoot, only just a lot less disgusting in terms of getting germs and dog crap on your feet, etc. No, seriously, um, I would be barefoot all the time if I could, but it's just germy and weird. So that's where the earth runners come in. And the funny thing is I always get compliments on them and people are interested in, oh, what are those cool sandals? And I kind of forget they look cool because I just wear them for functionality. They actually have a little copper plug on the bottom that keeps you grounded when you're on a conductive surface like concrete, rock, stone, beach, water. And I actually run around creeks and all kinds of stuff. I swim in these things. I was just in uh, Mount Shasta doing some cold plunges, cliff jumping, wearing my Earth Runner. So these things are just badass for city, country, and anywhere in between. If you want to check them out for yourself, super easy. Go to earthrunners.com. And if you enter the code LUKE10, you'll save 10% off your order. So that's earthrunners.com. The code is Luke 10 to save 10% off. Check them out. There's one question I get over and over again from listeners, and that is, Luke, if you could recommend one product or lifestyle practice to really improve your health without breaking the bank, what would it be? And I have to say, blocking blue light at night has got to be my number one hack. I think a lot of our problems uh, in health really come down to being completely domesticated, cut off from natural light, sun, different temperatures, the earth, right? So if we want to live indoors and turn on the lights at night and go out into the world where there's blue light, aka just really bright, white, unnatural light after dark, uh, it's real easy to fix that. All you have to do is get some blue blocks glasses. You know, studies have clearly shown that blue and green light at night is a super potent suppressor of melatonin. But the guys over at Blue Blocks have the Sleep Plus lenses that are the most effective blue and green light blockers for after dark use, proven to block 100% of the light in this range, which is super important. So these guys do prescription glasses, reading glasses, non-prescription glasses at a tremendous value. If you want to check it out, go over to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com. If you want to get hooked up with a 15% discount, you can use the code LIFESTYLIST. So the code is LIFESTYLIST. The website is blueblocks.com. 
They have a variety of different styles. And uh, as I said, this is one of my top recommendations, something you can do to really impact your health without spending a ton of money. Just get in the habit of making it dark at night when it's supposed to be dark. And thankfully, companies like these guys are making glasses that don't look ridiculous like they used to when I started out (laughs) trying to block that light at night. So blueblocks.com, the code is lifestylist. Well, 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 here we go with yet another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. I'm Luke Story. It's May 14th, 2019, and I'm recording this intro from lovely Temecula, California, where I'm attending a marketing and business event with my friend George Bryant, who incidentally will be an upcoming guest on this here podcast. So I'm really pumped on marketing this week. I'm learning a lot, and I'm going to try some of it out on you right now. How's that sound? There's some transparency, some realness for you. No, seriously, I'd love for you to follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Luke Story. That's S-T-O-R-E-Y. If you follow me on Instagram, a couple cool things happen. Of course, I'm always posting, hopefully educational and inspiring posts in my feed. However, I think the real magic happens in my stories and Instagram lives. You might not know it, but most of these conversations, including the one you're about to hear with Danielle and Whitney, the founders of Sakara Life, are actually transmitted live to you behind the scenes, uncut, real deal, almost every time I record. So follow me on Instagram. You can watch these recordings live without any edits. And um, sometimes there's some mishaps and it's a little bit raw and rough. And I love to show that side of it too, because of course, by the time it comes out on audio in the form of a podcast, it's all tidied up and sounds pretty. And I think everyone probably sounds a little more articulate than they do in real life. It's uh, certainly a smoother process once all the rough edges are sanded off in the edit. So follow me on Instagram, see all the behind the scenes action. And then if you want some uh, a deeper dive, I guess you could say, and more interaction with the community, you can join the Lifestylist Podcast Facebook group. Just log on to Facebook and join that bad boy. And uh, you'll be able to get in there and interact with not only myself, but about 3,500 other Lifestylist podcast, health and wellness enthusiasts. It's a great place to ask questions and get answers not only from me, but answers from the other members. It's pretty cool. Our listenership is quite savvy and just very kind and cool and willing to help. So there's that. How'd I do? Did I market you? Are you on Instagram right now? Follow, follow, follow. No, seriously, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. And um, what we've got going on here is a conversation that's been about two years in the making with Danielle Dubois and Whitney Tingle, as I said, the founders of Sakara Life. They're actually co-CEOs. And Sakara Life's an organic, plant-rich meal delivery program that celebrities are super into, the supermodels are into, the pro athletes, business moguls, and even one particular podcaster. No, seriously, I started getting their food a couple of years ago. And I kind of fell off it for a while. I, I guess we were supposed to record, and then I forgot about it, forgot about them, got back on it. Delicious food, super dope. They've also just recently uh, launched their first book, Eat Clean, Play Dirty. It's a cookbook and lifestyle guide that is already a national bestseller. So these ladies are just ballers. They're doing it right. They have a great company. They're helping a lot of people. And they're also just very knowledgeable about all things healthy living. So this is a very well-rounded conversation. Now, of course, we talk about their journey from being childhood friends in Sedona, Arizona to moving to New York City, both individually having some health problems that led them into... Uh, the health and wellness industry and their company, of course. But this isn't, you know, like a commercial for Sakara Life. This is really just about their journey and the things they've learned. 
I think what's really cool about it is we get a behind the scenes peek into the food industry. And I'm always curious as to how things work. And uh, they give us, you know, some insights in terms of what it really takes to produce high quality food and actually distribute it out into the country, at least this country so far. So some of the things we talk about are as follows. The psychological scars of dealing with cystic acne, the horrifying, and I mean truly horrifying side effects of Accutane, the scary truth that you probably don't know about the seed and oil industry, and how our gut health is at the root of most of our health challenges, why counting calories doesn't work, and the quantum effects of knowing how many calories are in each dish and why it's just better not to know. The journey of how these two business partners scaled a business from zero to 120 employees while still maintaining their integrity and a lasting friendship. What goes into creating Sakara Life's supply chain for fresh ingredients? And this is that really interesting piece where we talk about dealing with the farmers and you know, getting through the, the myths around all of the organic labeling, etc., how they were able to scale, how they find the food. It's a really interesting story. And then finally, we talk about poop and why it matters. Yes, you heard right. We're talking all about the doo-doo, and uh, it really is an important conversation, one that is obviously not sexy, but one that is very important. So we cover a wide variety of topics about healthy living here. We also talk about how you can save 20% off your Sakara Life meal program or 10-day reset for first clients only. You know, I always try to get a hookup from our guests on the products that they're representing. So if you want to get some Sakara Life action in your life, you can do this. Go to sakara.com slash discount slash Luke Story. And if you use the code Luke Story, again, you'll save 20% off your Sakara meal program. So super good deal over at sakara.com slash discount slash Luke Story. And the code again is Luke Story. And it is uh, with much excitement and anticipation. As I said, this is a long one in the making that I bring you Danielle and Whitney from Sakara Life. Enjoy the show and I'll see you next Tuesday. Danielle and Whitney, welcome to the Lifestylist Podcast. Thank you for having us. for having us. I was trying to think if you're my first guest in here in the new studio, and I think I did one other one, and no um, offense to the person it was that I don't remember. I feel like... (laughs) Well, we're honored to maybe be your first. Yeah, that kind of sucks for them. I think what it is, is this is the first time I've had all my junk out of here since Mm. I moved, and I have my new wall up. It looks great. Thank you. You know, The feng shui is happening. Yeah, I feel a little more settled in here, having gotten, you know, a lot of the, the... debris out and stuff. It looks good. Thank you. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, um, you know, so congratulations on breaking in the new space. Okay. (laughs) In the interest of time, I'm not usually a podcaster that does much of the origin story. Mm. Sometimes I'm just like, cool, what'd you do today? And we start from there. Mm, I like Um, it. But because I think your story is interesting because you have both been friends for so long and you've been profoundly successful doing what you're doing with Sakara Life that I think the listeners would like to hear a little bit about the origin story. So give me a condensed, you know, I want to say elevator speech because that would be too short. But, you know, you both came from Sedona. You were friends as kids, moved to New York City. Give us kind of the rundown on that up to the moment that we are now. And then I want to get a bit more nuanced and dive into the details. Sure. 
the fast version. Right. Right. And I aren't great at this, but we'll try. I'm not either, obviously. We're like hour later, like we'll still be telling intro. you our origin story. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we grew up together in hippie Sedona, Arizona, really at the forefront of mind, body, food, medicine. You know, the candy for us growing up was chlorella tablets because it turned our teeth green. Yeah, lots of new agers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I moved to New York to study medicine. My mom was sick pretty much my entire childhood. Uh, and I watched doctors save her life many, many times. And I wanted to be a part of that. And I happened to be a chemistry geek in high school. And so I went on to, to study medicine. I studied biochem in undergrad. And I was dealing with pretty severe body image issues. I had been dieting since the age of nine. Wow. And I learned how to count calories really well, how to count carbs really well, points, pounds. I was a great dieter. You give me rules, I'll follow them. But none of them taught me how to build a body that I felt really good in, that I felt energized in, that I felt sexy in. And uh, I finally did a crazy 21-day cleanse in Southern Arizona with Gabriel Cousins. Oh, no way. Yeah, Love yeah. Him. Love him. Oh, gee, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he cures people of type 2 diabetes So like, that was the retreat day. that I decided to go on. Cool. It was a seven-day water fast and then two weeks of all raw food. And uh, I was in college at the time. I got to I gotta interject. Yeah. Uh, because I was around at, you know, sort of the prep, prep, Precipice? Yes. Mm-hmm. Precipice of the raw food, vegan movement yeah. and stuff like that. I was a vegetarian for a long time. Yep. When I eat all raw food, it wrecks my gut. Did you experience that? I well? ended up in the hospital. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Carry on. No, just, no. You're exactly wanna, speaking to it. I didn't want to miss that part. No, it was, it was an extreme that I did not do well in. And I ended up... I did the 21-day cleanse. And on the 22nd day, I flew back to New York And Whitney looked at me and she was like, holy shit, what did you do to yourself? I had a distended belly. Uh, I had a cough. I couldn't keep food down. I had a fever. And I went to the hospital and I had pneumonia and severe gut disorders, i.e. they have no idea what's wrong with you. This is a horrible plug for Gabriel Cousins, by the way, who I think is a really knowledgeable guy. She talks about this. I joke I would do it now because now I would go and it would be the spiritual transformation that I was looking for at the time. But at the time, it was just another diet. It was just an excuse to like not have to worry about food. She went with the wrong intentions. I think if you go in the right way, it can be a magical experience down there. And if right. you go with a healthy right. body, I'd been yeah. dieting my whole life, so my body was wrecked oh, anyway. Man. Where, where do you think you got the, the programming that your body was supposed to... I mean, obviously, like pop, you know, Western pop culture mm-hmm. in general, but what was, what was like a trigger for you? I, I, I don't know what era this would have been, but who were you going like, oh, I want to be like that girl on TV mm-hmm. or what was the... You know, I don't know if it was a girl on TV, but it certainly was the magazines. You know, mm-hmm. like self magazine, women's health, like abs, everything on the cover was, you know, how to get abs. And then, you know, it just really was in the culture. Like that thinness was what I had to kind of emulate in order to be valuable. So that's what you felt you were missed. You were bigger than you would have liked to have been. Yeah, but I wasn't. Yeah, not, you know? not by... A, and you yeah. were a kid. You were a child. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> like you're supposed to have some like right. baby fat on you. The crazy thing though is that like I was just fine. I was right. totally healthy. I wasn't an overweight kid. Mm-hmm. And I just, it just, I was informed by my culture and my community that I needed to look a certain way to be valuable as a little girl. And so I, I turned to dieting to try and fix it. And obviously it didn't work. And I was studying uh, pre-med and I was interning in a hospital with a cardiologist up at St. Luke's in New York City. And we were... Um, yeah, we were seeing, we were seeing patients with late stage lifestyle diseases. So type two diabetes, um, heart disease, 
And I realized I had this aha moment. You know, I, I had just gone through this huge transformation and I couldn't keep food down. And after five plus years of study, I couldn't, I didn't have the tools to help myself heal my relationship to food. I didn't have the tools to help myself really understand what to eat for a healthy body. And then I was witnessing these patients that needed a total lifestyle overhaul. And I also couldn't help them with that. And so that's when I decided to set, go on and study nutrition instead. And, and we uh, like to call that our rock bottom. Yeah. And right. we were was, down there together. It was which the is rock nice. bottom when Danielle was coming out of the hospital. I think that was an aha moment for both of us. She was living in one extreme over here, just living off of water and raw food and nothingness. And I was on the opposite extreme. I had moved out to New York to work on Wall Street and was living this banker lifestyle of, you know, 80 hour work weeks, but we were eating whatever was available in the office. So like... You know, they'd bring in White Castle hamburgers and free pizza Fridays. (laughs) And uh, it was always somebody's birthday. So there were cupcakes and they were trying to feed you food in order to keep you happy while you're working in this crazy lifestyle. And after work, you're going out drinking and networking and just in this culture that was not healthy. And so I put on a fast 15 pounds, but it was really my cystic acne that made me desperately need a change. I had been battling with it since high school and had tried just about everything you could possibly name. I did all of the creams and pills. I was on antibiotics for over a year of my wow, life. Damn. I really wish that I hadn't done that. Yeah. Like they were putting me on the tetracycline, aminocycline, all the cyclines. Uh, my doctor was writing me a prescription for a Z-pack to keep in my desk drawer in my dorm at college. Damn. Like for when I had a cyst, I would did just you ever, pop a Did you ever Z-pack. do the Accutane? Oh. I did the Accutane. Damn. And with the have Accutane... You, not to freak you out, but have you since looked into some of the side effects of that? Oh, I feel them. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. gnarly stuff. And well, they put me on Prozac at the same time because suicide can be a side effect of taking Accutane. Right. And as a woman, they also put you on birth control and have you sign a contract saying that if you get pregnant, you'll have an abortion because your baby comes out with birth defects. From the Accutane? From the Accutane. Oh my God. So take away just real quick for anyone listening. Like if you are on that or you've got one of your kids on it, please get off it. It is bad stuff. And it doesn't get down to the actual root cause of where acne comes from. It's It's just treating symptoms and it has crazy side effects. Uh, so I had done the Accutane and it didn't work. I, I did different types of horn, hormone pills, spironolactone, which blocks androgen in your body. All of these things that were really treating the symptoms of what was going on. And But I was in New York City and I thought one of these fancy doctors is going to have a, a solution for me. So I went around to every dermatologist thinking I had a skin problem, went to see dermatologists. Oh, so frustrating. So frustrating. And, <laughs> and they all just wanted to see me for five minutes and right. shove another prescription for a mega round of antibiotics in my direction or sign up for Accutane again. And I just hit my rock bottom of being so frustrated. And this voice inside of me was just screaming at this point, don't do it. It's not the answer. You have to go inside and find what is the root cause that is creating all of this, that is creating these symptoms on your face and treat that. And so this was the same point that Danielle was going through her whole transition with food. And we were in these extremes and we said, what are we doing? We need to do something fast. If we want to survive in this lifestyle we're living in New York City, 
we we can't continue on like this. We need to figure out what does true health look like? What is ultimate nutrition and how can we live it every single day? We needed it to survive. With the with the cystic acne, which sounds much worse than just like, oh, I have some breakouts. I'm, no, I'm no. assuming this is like that means big, like cysts, red, right? painful cysts underneath the skin. <clears throat> what <laughs> what was that like psychologically? You know, it's one thing if yeah. you have a bum knee, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, no, oh, I have to limp around and I'm in pain. Yeah. This sucks. I have to find a solution. But you when, wear it. No, this is on yeah, your but face. when you're broadcasting, you're a pretty woman, you know, not that that would matter. I guess anyone, anyone would be <laughs> bummed, you know what I mean? No, absolutely. Um, regardless of, you know, external features. But what was that like no, it was... psychologically to be walking around New York City and have this hotshot job and what happens I at that stage like, when you look in the mirror, what goes on? I feel like I felt scared all the time. Mm. Like I walked into a room scared that people were looking at it and I didn't want people to look at it. And Always we, hiding. Yeah. I would never yeah. walk out of the house without makeup on. Yeah. Which um, probably makes it worse too, putting the makeup on. I think it, it also, I remember... It doesn't matter that much because it's from it's inside. Not, yeah, it's right. from inside. Yeah. And I remember it's like you would you would try and be small often mm-hmm. instead of kind of like taking up space. It's like you want to take up less space because you want to hide. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it still affects me today. Like I prefer to sit on this side of the chair because I have more acne scars on the right side of my face so that the cameras can be on my left side. You shouldn't have said that because no one would even know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, this, is, this, well, is, this, is, this is part of it. This is what we do though. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we talk about what's really hard to talk about. Like I never thought that our job, you know, especially as we were hitting rock bottom, that our job was going to be talking about our most vulnerable parts of ourselves. Like Tell that I wasn't it. happy with how I looked, that I wasn't happy in my body, happy, you know, at the weight that I was at. And for Whitney, I can imagine her like going on stage talking about her skin. It was our deepest, darkest secret. And so, you know, now we like to say we've turned our mess to our mission, but that doesn't mean it's always easier to talk about the insecurities. And even now, even though we know so much about health and nutrition and we know what we are supposed to be doing, doesn't mean that we're perfect all the time by any means. It's a practice. It's yeah. a daily practice. Well, I like, I like that approach and I'm definitely going to get into that with you because um, I think that's one of the most healthy things about what, what you're all up to. Y'all, y'all are up yeah. to. <laughs> I'm like, I'm from Texas all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> what you're up to is that, you know, the, there's so much dogma and having been someone myself who's been just obsessed with the whole health scene and all the things and yeah. the supplements and the herbalism and every diet fad. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I don't want to sound like an old man, old wise man, but I, you know, it's been 22 plus years. I've kind of been watching the cycles come around and, mm-hmm. you know, there's, yeah. there's new ones like the carnivore diet where I'm like, whoa, I haven't <laughs> seen this one yet. Yeah. You know? the carnivore yeah. The, there's a, there's a few that come up, but the different fads of, you know, like the medical medium now with the celery I juice. Know, I was yes. like, Celery juice. We're trying to bring 1991, dog. Yeah. Like, what? No, <laughs> you know, totally. We're really trying to bring fiber back. We're trying to make yeah. fiber sexy again. <laughs> Which fiber not, had a moment but not in your like mother's the 80s. fiber. Yeah, not, not fiber crackers. Not Metamucil. Right, right. The powdered, like, no, sawdust. No, no, no. Yeah. No. no, plant fiber. So, yeah, it's funny. I was, li- I was listening food, to you yes. guys. Uh, well, oftentimes, I kind of uh, do a crash course study on my guests. And so I was oh, listening right. to a 2017 from almost 30. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's they've they're coming on my show soon, and oh, I've, been, I've been on theirs a couple of times. Yeah, so I was listening to that, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're gonna have a great time. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. even just walking, getting a tour around your house, I was like, yeah, this is where we're of the same. 
Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so let me see. There's so many places I want to go next. I think because, I mean, I, I, I want to get like where you came from. And then of course, let's, yeah. let's go into now, you know, the beginnings of, of Sakara Life, the company that you built, which is from, for all intents and purposes, seems like it's kind of becoming this empire. And I want to get into that. But because my audience, uh, and I'm giving them credit, they're quite sophisticated. Um, so mm-hmm. some of the basics that you guys are teaching your customers and the mm-hmm. masses, you know, like, oh, what? Pesticides are bad for you? Mm-hmm. These guys, I mean, my audience, they are, know. they're That's geeks, great. you know what I mean? They're, they're like pretty deep in the cut. Yeah. So I want to, when we start talking about different health practices and the lifestyle that you mm-hmm. have created and embraced and are, you know, um, uh, um, popularizing... We'll probably go a little bit more niche into the different great. topics, gut health and things like that yeah, and, and root causes. And I would just <clears> say, <throat> we talk to a lot of people that know a lot, but aren't always practicing what they know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like me. for all of you <laughs> listeners out there that already know, are you yeah. living it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen. It's I mean, hard. Sometimes I still get some very basic questions and I'm like, have you been listening? I've been doing this for over two years. Oh, but yeah. Generally we speaking, the, time. the we have a private Facebook group for the Lifestylist Podcast, which by the way, those of you listening, please request to join. It's pretty awesome. But the level of knowledge in there from the, the listener community is insane. Like I learn from people in there all the time. Someone will be like, hey, Luke, what do you think of so-and-so? And I'm mm. like, well, I don't know. And I go look at the comments and I'm like, Damn, we have we a have. really, we've been really talking educated about that. We're going to join because we've been talking a lot about, you know, we've been so busy building the company that we haven't been out with all, you know, the people where like where we're learning all the new things as much as we're used to. Of course, we still mm-hmm. are, but we're used to being so immersed in it. But sometimes you have to face inward and and really build the company, and that's what we've been doing. You know, we've been in service. Doesn't become an empire. Thank you for saying that, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, well, just without, listen, without effort. When I was listening to your 2017 interview, I think you guys said you had 80 employees. And I was just yeah. sitting there going, oh my God, I'm stressed out. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. now you we're know. at 120. Oh my God. So, it's, so, so take, it's me back, take me back to... Right, we kind of told both, you the why. Yeah, okay, the why. So you guys are having all these individual health problems. Yeah. You're looking at each other, scratching your heads, like what the F is going mm-hmm. on here? So then how do you develop, you start developing a way of eating and living that starts to bring you Mm -hmm. restored to health and then come together and join forces. Give me that piece and then we'll go off on some rabbit holes. Yeah. Well, first I'd say we were probably guinea pigs and tested everything else that existed out there. So we were doing, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 day master cleanses. Not me, her. (laughs) But, you know, I could do like a six day, seven day, whatever. The lemon, molasses. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, juice with the cleanses. cayenne pepper. Yeah, right. we were doing all the juice cleanses. We'd been uh, vegans, vegetarians. Danielle was a raw foodist. We did. I let her do a lot of yeah, more guinea pigging. Yeah, we did keto. We did everything. Yeah, Danielle had already tried a lot of... You did keto of, back in the day, huh? Yeah. Wow. I just started hearing about that a, a few years ago. I don't know, maybe it was around in the fringes. I think because I was more of the mindset in the vegetarian world a bit, I did... I didn't really catch well, that. Well, I was in the vegetarian mindset too. And keto actually doesn't necessarily need animal-based proteins. You need a lot of fat. And, and intermittent fasting. I always think like, God, how much damn coconut oil can you eat though? You know, <laughs> I would say I'm by de facto keto-ish, you yeah. know, but it's just because I just love ghee and butter and yeah. I, do, I eat coconut oil and stuff and, you know, good olive oil I'm here ke- and there. I'm into ghee and butter too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, then anyway. I, and then I also... Uh, we tried eliminating like most things out of our diet. So to cure my skin, people would say, oh, you just have to stop eating nuts. Don't you know? Just stop eating nuts. Or chocolate. Or chocolate (laughs) and don't eat dairy. 
And okay, so I start eliminating all of these different things out of my diet and none of those worked. And now we know why, because it's not just what you're taking out of your diet, but actually what you're putting into your diet that has an effect on your body. But at that time, nobody was telling us that. So I was trying all these elimination diets, getting my blood tested for different allergies, uh, trying all of these different cleanses and juice fasting and, and things. And, um, and Danielle was in, in school at the time. So she was learning really interesting information around gut health and microbiome. Yeah, that was kind of the peak time where science is really coming around saying, you know, oh shit, we've been bombing our gut and we had no idea that bacteria was actually vital to our existence. Um, and so we were saying, well, okay, all these studies are showing that your gut is controlling your immune system. It's controlling your physical and emotional health. It's controlling which genes are turned on and off. And what's controlling that? It's your environment and your nutrition. And so how do you eat for a healthy gut? And so plant-based was what kept coming up over and over and over and over again. Uh, but then we were like, okay, well, what does plant-based mean? Because plant-based in and of itself is not a health term, you know, like potato chips are plant-based. So people <laughs> come to us and they're like, you're plant-based. plant-based. Exactly. Yeah, people yeah. come to us like, oh, you're yeah. a plant-based program. It's like, that's like, you know... One uh, fraction yeah, of it's what one, it is. It's one fraction of what we do. So, you know, within plant-based, we said, okay, well, getting more, more plants into one's diet is the number one thing you can do for a healthy gut. And then above and beyond that, like, what is it that you have to be getting every single day within plants to make sure you feel like your best self? Mm-hmm. So that's what we we pulled out. We pulled out you know, all the studies, all the science behind a plant, like a whole food plant-rich diet, things like making sure you're getting enough sulfur, making sure you're getting healthy fats. You know, I could, I'm sure you know all of this, but could talk about rancid fats forever. Because Danielle goes most, on rants most about Most people are eating all fats. the time. Oh, and please. Rancid, no, this rancid, drives me... Rancid, this rancid the, fats. Yeah, the fats thing drives me crazy because it, conspiracies to meant to like by greedy people that hurt other people really yeah, bug me. And and one is the 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 seed oil industry mm-hmm. that you know my whole life I'm reading well you know when I started reading packaging I said what's in here okay well there's no MSG there's no aspartame you know there's yeah. none of the gnarlies and I go and mm-hmm. then it has a vegetable oil I'm like I'm good. That's, <laughs> That's what like, 99.9% yeah. of people think. Tell us what it's vegetable oil really really means. Well it's it's highly inflammatory and what happens is that people don't think about how these oils are being made and so they require solvents they require high heat and because of their molecular structure they're most likely doing damage And so what we try and help people understand is that getting fresh cold pressed fats that haven't had to go through that high heat that are actually using pressure to get the oils out of seeds and nuts um, is the best thing you can do because that's actually coming in a way where your body can absorb it and it's not, it's actually anti-inflammatory instead of inflammatory. Right. And so that's one component of what we're trying to help people do within plant-based. Yeah. Um, But, you know, as we were building this program, it certainly wasn't a business. It was still just to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we pulled out what our called our nine pillars of nutrition now. They didn't have a title when we were trying to heal ourselves. So we built a a meal program for ourselves based on these nine pillars, making sure you're getting enough leafy greens, enough plant-based protein, the healthy fats. And we started eating this way for about two weeks. And this was, you know, we thought, okay, well, you know, maybe we're just onto another fad. Like maybe this is just another, Mm -hmm. you know, keto or paleo or whatever. But it was, it took about two weeks of eating this way and our entire lives 
switched. We've been oh, talking that a lot. Fast, about, huh? Oh, that fast. We've been talking a lot about polarity recently, and mm-hmm. I feel like our poles switched. So right. our poles were in the wrong places, and then after eating this way for a couple of weeks, they they flip flopped, and we started to feel like like it wasn't again. like everything just cleared up in two weeks, but but you felt it. You like yeah the shift. It, for me, it was my digestion completely changed, and the inflammation in my skin started to go down. The breakout started to lessen. And it took, I don't know, maybe it took six months for everything to completely go away. But I mean, after spending over a decade of my life trying to fight this, that was God, really fast That's a fast long time. That's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, we realized she didn't have a skin issue. She had a gut issue. And, and for me, I realized I'd spent a lifetime worrying about eating too much all the time counting calories and you know you have the tricks where you pour mm-hmm. too much salt and ketchup on the things you don't want to eat anymore you don't want to be tempted to eat oh i didn't know that trick oh yeah you're like at dinner it's like i don't oh. know if maybe it's a girl's thing but you know <laughs> you, you, cut your, you cut your plate in half and you're like okay i'm only gonna eat i mean it's ridiculous it's oh. crazy and i'd spent a lifetime doing that and i realized when food is about nourishment and about medicine you have to worry about getting enough every single day so it, it completely switched my kind of mental habit around food and helped me think about food in terms of abundance and joy instead of lack. What's the the first moment you guys made a package meal and sold it for money to another human being? Mm -hmm. Shortly thereafter, uh, the people around us started to ask us what we were doing. They're like, you guys look different because we did have that shift Mm -hmm. and people noticed it. And so... You know, Whitney and I grew up both with single mothers. My mom and I grew up on food stamps. So we didn't have money to just go start a business. And we both had to pay our way through school. So I was still in school at the time. And one of the ways I paid my way through school was I was a personal assistant to uh, this guy who was a tech founder. And he know, he was the first one to notice the really big shift in us. And he was like, well, if you're already making it for yourself, can you make a little extra for me and I'll pay you for it. And he had gout at the time. Really? Yeah. I have a friend that has that. We can help King's him. King's disease. Really? Yeah, for sure. And What's so the deal this, with gout? It often comes from eating too much and eating too much protein, I believe. Goes yeah, they call it the King's disease. The King's right? disease, yeah. yeah. Oh, because you're like, ah, I've like, got you're all the steak. eating so much <laughs> and so abundant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it fixed his gout. Wow. It fixed my skin. And it didn't just fix my skin. Um, the skin was the thing that I was really focused on. But... You know, I also had anxiety. I also had different femicology imbalances. And once I started eating this way, it fixed all of those things, you know, that I realized all of those were connected. They're not, I don't need to like go see somebody for my anxiety and go see my gynecologist over here and see a dermatologist mm-hmm. over here. It was all coming from the same place, from my control center of health, my microbiome. And what a beautiful right. reminder that food is medicine. I mean, we're as a, as a dieter, as a cereal dieter, I had been taught that food was there to just give you energy. You know, you just need to get enough calories to have enough energy. Or it you makes never, you fat or thin. You never really understand that it's therapeutic, that every bite you're taking is informing your body on how to act and react. And so when you think about food as calories, you're just thinking in equals out. And it's just, it's such a misrepresentation of what food is meant to do. Can you guys talk a little bit about the the calorie myth? I think there's actually isn't there a book? Jonathan Baylor, I think, wrote mm-hmm. a book which I haven't read, but I've I've mm-hmm. listened to a bit of him, and I, I believe it's called the Calorie Myth, something like that. But I I don't I've never watched calories, and 
I too, like you uh, too, from what you've said at a certain point in your life, at least, I don't think I've ever looked in the mirror and been like, boom, I'm the shit. Like every time, even now, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's like body dysmorphia because it's, I think I'm seeing reality, but I'm never like, wow, I have a hot body. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not excited about like running well, around at the, the swimming pool, but it also doesn't rule my life. I yeah. mean, you know, but I even re- the smartest of people, when if you give them a test and ask them, how do you think you did? They're like, oh, I don't think I did so well. Right. And they score like a 97. And then people that are not as smart, they're like, I fucking aced that. <laughs> and they like did not do well at all. My, my, my <laughs> so point... maybe it's a level of intelligence where it's your humility. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I could be doing much worse, but the reason I even mention that is because I, I don't know what a calorie is. And I've had friends come over and they're like, dude, how much butter are you putting in that? How many calories? I'm like, what? Yeah. When I started eating more fat, I lost like 15 yeah, pounds. Exactly. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wish I would have worked out, but I didn't. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think people still have a lot of confusion because oh, it's, it's probably the, the number calorie one propaganda. Yeah. We don't share caloric information. That's so dope. Meals. Yeah. And let me tell you, we have to put up a fight. Oh, yeah. To not Customers share. freak We've, out. People beg for it. And we're <laughs> like, had someone hire their are... own nutritionist to count calories. Are you for serious? Them. Yes. Why don't they so just we, get the message, dog? We could afford to have it our food analyzed. We don't do it so for a reason. Des- I mean, we do have our food analyzed. Yeah, we, we know do. the calorie. We yeah. have to. We have to by law After know the calories. After we're recording, can you tell but, me about yeah, the cinnamon rolls? I'll, t- I'll tell you later. <laughs> um, but it, we always try and help our clients realize what they're actually looking for. So if I have a client come to me and say, "I really need to know calories," okay, what what's your goal? Are you trying to lose weight, maintain weight? Usually it's something about weight, some mm-hmm. kind of anxiety about their physical appearance. Or they're and worried so, they're going to be hungry or something. And like so that. then I say, okay, you wanna, you're looking to lose five pounds. Okay, great. Why do you think calories are, are going to help you do that? And then we walk through that. And then I say, why are you... How do you want to feel? Like what? So you're going to lose the five pounds. Like what, what feeling are you looking for? Because it's not actually the five pounds that's going to change your life. It's the feeling that you're looking to feel once you've lost the five pounds. Right. And so yeah. what is that How feeling? does your life change yeah. after those five pounds are gone? And then right? once we kind of hone in on the feeling, right. it's okay, well, then maybe we can start to just change your mind now because that's really all that has to happen so good. is that you have to change your mind. Yeah. And then along that, it doesn't mean we're not going to help you lose those five whatever pounds. Um, but by changing your mind, like that's part of the ecosystem of a healthy body of losing that weight is actually changing your mind. And my guess is you're not coming to us to learn how to count calories for the rest of your life. Like Nobody wants to sit there and count calories. That's not yeah. fun. And, but, and would you say that it's true that on a calorie topic that not all calories are created equal I either, mean, right? Because you could have a spoonful so, of ghee and it has a zillion calories, but... It reacts differently than the calories. Yeah, canola oil. It's going to become... (laughs) It's going to be recognized as fuel by your body in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. The dog loves ghee, by the way. Um, (laughs) I think she hears... So calories are a metric of energy. And they're a metric of energy within a fixed system. So... You, you raise the, the, in a fixed system, you raise the degree of water by one degree Celsius and you measure the energetic output. And that's how we kind of measure a calorie, but that's within a fixed system. And so we know in a fixed system, what goes, the amount of energy that goes in is the same amount of energy that goes back out. But our bodies are not a fixed system. And so our bodies have different temperatures. Our bodies have different pHs. And so all Mm -hmm. of that impacts what we would think of as a fixed system. So we know just by nature of how we define our bodies versus a fixed system that calorie in is not calorie out. 
And then as we talked about before, food is therapeutic. It's, it's, it's coded. It's, it's telling your body how to act and react. And so that means that some quote calories are healing, you know, some are damaging. And so the, the very idea, the very notion of looking at food for caloric content makes absolutely no sense because it's not actually informing your body of anything. And in fact, how many calories you absorb from food or how much nutrition energy you absorb from food is very much dependent on your microbiome, your gut, your stress levels. Right. So Danielle and I could sit down or all of us, we could all sit down and eat the exact same meal and absorb different amounts of calories from that food. So even though it has the same amount of calories in the food, the amount that we absorb individually could be different. That's interesting. Yeah. Right. So you're you're picking up this package food and you're looking at the calories and then you're like, okay, it's 500 calories. I need to go to the gym and like burn off 500 calories now, but that's not how it works. That's so that that's the part that's always been interesting to me is that okay, so I eat this, you know, salami sandwich, it has 1200 calories or whatever and then I go get on a treadmill and I'm like so I got a quarter of the sandwich yeah. done you know I'm like this is somehow and I didn't even know the science no of it but sense. somehow I'm like this just how does this ever make sense meanwhile 1200 calories quote calories I realize nobody on the podcast can see me doing my quotation marks but um, on a treadmill is a lot of time that's like yeah. uphill for seven miles, uh, running yeah. in like 12 or something. It's the worst. <laughs> so yeah. if that were true, it'd be really depressing. And especially, you know, for, for myself, admittedly, I think in my health regimen, like really being physically active is probably one of my my weaker points. It's mm. something I'm always striving to improve on. You look like on. you're physically active. You've been sitting in that sauna up there for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, That's listen, you compared burn. to, you know, your, I'm going to do air quotes now, your average American. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm They're a beast. Contagious. but. I mean, I have friends that are like super fit and they're really into my brother owns a gym and he's super into functional movement Uh stuff. So it's not, you know, exercising really hard is not something I've ever enjoyed much. We talk a lot about vitality that, you know, what's, what's the goal? Ultimately, I want to feel like I have a lot of vitality for some people. I think that means really intense exercise, but for most, I think it's really gentle exercise that makes you feel keeping yourself limber and yeah, Yeah. limber joints. I think I just, when I would think about the exertion that's necessary, if the calorie in calorie out thing was a fact, which Mm -hmm. we know that it's not now, the amount of exertion that would be involved in quote unquote burning those calories that I ate earlier or last night or whatever would make me want to work out less. Cause like, what's the point? (laughs) I mean, mean, absolutely. I had five pieces of pizza last night. And so now I have to climb Everest to be at zero again. Mm -hmm. It's like, eh, why bother? Just have some more pizza. Well, apparently your brain uses the most amount of energy. So you could just think harder too. (laughs) Right. You could just have Mm. more anxiety and just stress out. Uh, (laughs) No, anxiety makes you hold fat. So that won't work. Cortisol, not good. Right. Well, my husband, I swear, was born with a 12-pack. Um, and he he worked out for, for most of his kind of younger life. But now he's in his 40s. He still has his 12-pack. He just thinks really hard. Like he's always in his... He's, he's like always learning. He's always teaching himself something. He taught himself how to code. And I was like, that's where all your energy goes. He almost kind of doesn't need to go work out because his energetic output is so high <laughs> up in his head. You know, I, I think that's true because I just... As I was telling you before I recorded, you know, the dog mm-hmm. Cookie here has not one, but two trainers because I, I want to make her like a movie dog. You know what I mean? Where yeah. I'm like, jump on the desk. She's staring at you right now. Click record. <laughs> She's listening. But the trainer comes over and we do all this really taxing mental work yeah, with her you know all these, yeah, all these commands and then we come back and she's just like <sighs> she's down maybe um, i need to do that more with my Aussie. I, I swear mm-hmm. to god she's more worn out from that than a long hike mm. 
Mm. Just from these commands and her brain's just going like, ah, this does not compute. What am I supposed to do? Mm. It's interesting. And that that helped me see, oh, wow, that's why I get exhausted when I'm overthinking life, right? I never thought of it as burning calories, but definitely the energy depletion. Yeah. I want to ask you, as you two have scaled the business to your 120 what employees mm-hmm. now yeah. at this point, and you've remained friends this this whole time, it's always, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I'm always somewhat surprised when friendships last throughout a business partnership, you know, um, seeing people partner up all the time and kind of having a negativity bias for mm-hmm. friends. They're like, we're starting a business together. Yeah. Secretly, I'm always like, oh God, this is not going to end yeah. well. You know, because so many the of them... the business or the friendship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, and the same thing with, the, say, a, a couple that, you know, elects to start a business together or something like that. When two people are kind yeah. of pair bonded and really close and then there's this third entity that's introduced yep. as a, a business. Yeah, have a baby together. As you... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. As you've scaled, um, how... What are some of the challenges just interpersonally you guys have had to work through? You know, who's doing more work and all those things that come up that can then stress the friendship. Yeah. I'd- uh, I think a few things about that. One, uh, what are you going to say, Danielle? Yeah. <laughs> so one, we speak telepathically. Mm-hmm. So right now we're talking. You just mm-hmm. can't tell. <laughs> right. um, but our our friendship is rooted in a very deep trust. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what gets us through anything that might be considered hard for another coupledom starting a business. So I always... That trust and that friendship means that I, one, always trust she's doing her best, that I always trust that she has the best interest of me and the business uh, on her mind in every decision she's making. Um, and I trust that if there are times where you know I have to do a little extra, that then there'll be a time where I need to sit back for a minute and have a baby, which I just had, and go on maternity leave and she'll pick up the slack for those months that I'm out of the office. So that deep trust means that there's a room for fluidity and an ebb and flow because that's obviously how life works. So it's not always this tit for tat, you know, are you working as hard mm-hmm. as I? We have this this trust that allows us this freedom. And as then, you as you've scaled, have there been situations in which the two of you say there's a big pending decision, taking on funding, you know, expanding, yeah. contracting, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. where you guys have, you know, opposing views on what the next step could be, and how yeah. do you resolve those conflicts of of opinion? We have certain keywords with each other to express when we feel strongly there mm-hmm. now i'm doing air quotes <laughs> <laughs> just moved they right down the line everyone just... watching on youtube is stoked they're they're 100 yeah. with us um no but so so we use certain key terms like i feel very strongly about this and that means this is not just i'm putting out my opinion but this is something i'm willing to fight for like this is something, a a serious decision um, or a serious opinion. And then the other one has to say either, okay, then we're going to go with your strong feelings or has to have equally as strong of feelings about it. And then we have to be able to come to a conclusion. And usually it's around who can debate their point and get the other one on the same side. You have to convince. Yeah. Yeah. So... We and we do that within the whole company too, where everybody has a right to disagree mm-hmm. and power to dissent. Yeah, power to dissent, and and then it's can you get other people to be on board with you in your decision? And if you can, then we go in that direction too. 
So will you, will either of you have an idea and kind of lobby with management who are, Usually you know, we lobby are, with each other. Yeah, first. usually okay. we lobby okay. with each other. You know, we're kind of the, the black sheep of the company, thank goodness. <laughs> because we need everyone else to be, you know, much more kind of oriented and making like day-to-day business activities. We're very involved in how the business is grown and day-to-day decisions. But you know, we have a belief that everyone needs to be doing what only they can do. And so you have to hire around where your kind of um, disabilities, I'm using air quotes again, I can't believe it. Um, but you have to hire around for that. And so, yeah, usually we end up kind of lobbying with each other and trying to convince the leadership team as a whole. To, to go on some of our crazy yeah. out there ideas. Yeah. When you two were starting the business and then mm-hmm. now, of course, scaling the business so beautifully... Um, where have you learned about business? You know, neither one of you. I mean, you worked on Wall Street. I'm sure you got but it was a, a bird's eye view. Career. But I mean, you, you have yeah. you have a <laughs> I was legit low man on the totem pole. You have a legit startup that I would say, you know, barring any catastrophes, is probably in the clear from folding anytime soon. You know, Not if you get way. past that, <laughs> if you get past that certain point. Uh, what business yeah. books or podcasts do you to listen to to get up to speed and learn about company culture and? All of the things that you need to know in order to thrive as a business. Mm. Maybe it's kind of like how we decided what Sakara Nutrition would be. It's like we tried everything and then we just go with what works. Um, we learn through life a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we decided not to go get our MBAs because as we started our business, we realized we were just learning in such real time that there probably was no schooling that would offer that kind of fast-paced learning. And, and it's, it's life and death, you know? For us, it was it was like this had to survive for several reasons. One, it was our career. We kind of had no other idea of what else we wanted to do. But two, we were on this huge mission to to help other people understand the transformative um, power of food as medicine. And so that's really what kept us going because learning the hard way through business really is learning the hard way. Yeah. And I think not knowing the right way to do things, I won't use air quotes there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, knowing the right way to do things uh, could have held us back by not knowing the way that we were supposed to be doing things. We just did things the best that we could do and we got them done and it didn't hold us back in a way of thinking like, well, this isn't right. So we better just stop. It was, you know, Hmm, when we first, when we first started, we were cooking out of our own kitchens and delivering literally on bicycle and cooking out of our own kitchens was probably not totally legal. You know, it wasn't too many clients at that time. Probably. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Health department comes knocks on your door. Would you you, you have gotten an A, B, or a C? That's what I want to know. A plus. Yeah. 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 It's funny. If quality is our number one concern, then that's inclusive of where we cook. In our health department code of in our tiny little New York apartments. Keep it an A. Well, it's funny. I have friends that I'll be like, ah, oh, let's eat there. And they're like, dude, they have a B. Are you kidding me? Well, the like, difference between an A and a B is, is kind of a That's lot. funny because I would, I think I would eat at a C and not no, even, no, no, don't I don't do that. think about it. No, no, no. no. Okay. no. That's what I hear. But I'm like, I don't know. They're still open. I, I used to be a waiter. And I mean, for a restaurant to get shut down, they had to be really gnarly. I think that was a little yeah. bit before the rating system, but. Yeah, no, for sure. But I, I think one of our, um, best tools that we had or, or, you know, things that kept us going was this idea of no rules where um, everywhere that there was a rule, we just did it our own way. And that allowed us to move forward 
So you can sort of get marred by convention then. Like Absolutely. say, you know, you had a you had gone to business school and okay, this is we the cookie cutter way to be a startup. We have to model before we can grow and we need to put right. the, together the business plan. You have to raise money. You can't have a business if you don't raise money. And you're Did you guys on, ever take on uh, investors? We did, but we didn't um we didn't do that until after we had already we were already over two million dollars in revenue before taking on any wow. outside capital. That's dope. So, <laughs> but we just did it, um, okay, okay. really from the ground up and the best way that we knew how, like taking each problem as it came. And I think our team we hired some really great MBAs onto our team too, who went to Harvard Business School, right. places like <laughs> right that. Right there. That's the, that's the answer. It's like, huh, do I want to go to school? No. How about I just hire someone who already did it for me? <laughs> and I mean, they're it, awesome. I mean, they're isn't great. it super smart? Yeah. As business owners though, isn't the most fun part, the creative, you know, Hey, I got an idea. I know this sounds crazy, but let's do yeah. X, you know? And I feel and like... And then having like nerd bean counters and, and I'm totally not, you know, discrediting intelligent, educated people, but... I think it'd be fun to kind of be able to play around and then have someone go, okay, yeah. this makes, you know, yeah. 70% sense just so you can assess the risk and then proceed Absolutely. forward with, you know, some... Absolutely. That sounds really good, but that's not exactly how it happens. I think when it's your baby, you know, we're still so involved in so many of the day-to-day decisions. We're actually talking about how to get out more because we have this amazing team and we're kind of not utilizing them as much as we really could. Like, I don't think we have to be as involved in the day-to-day decisions as we currently are. And so that's kind of one of the, the, um, I don't know, I not, I don't want to call it an issue, but it's kind of one of the things in front of us that we're trying to, the hump we're trying, the next hump we're trying to get over is what we can only do is exactly what we're doing right now. You know, the, the 10 people on our leadership team from Harvard Business School, you know, aren't going to, don't want to come on on a podcast and be the face of the company. Right. And so this is what only we can do. We need to make sure that we are actually doing it, aren't caught up in ops and finance and all of those things. But I would say yeah. that actually that learning curve for us was really fun. Have you ever read the E-Myth Revisited Mm-mm. book? No. Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, to boil it down, it's, they use the metaphor of a of woman that makes these great cakes. And so she opens a bakery and then, you know, her passion and vision was to create these recipes and make these great cakes. I'm probably getting it wrong, but that's the gist. Uh-huh. And then next thing you know, well, someone has to go buy a cash register and someone has to sweep the floors and someone has to do the this yep. and do the dishes and do the that. Next thing you know, she's marred and unburied in this um, uh, operations capacity, Managing right? people yeah. and dealing with clients yeah, instead and, of making the cakes. Yeah. And so essentially the lesson of the book is, is teaching you how to um, work on your business and not in your business, yes, right? Because so many of us business owners, you get caught up in in the day to day stuff instead yep. of the visionary work that, like you said, only so important that only you can do. Because you're steering the ship. Yeah. Well, my my husband talks about this. There, I have one too. I, now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my husband talks about this idea. I forget what it's called, but basically, everyone raise, rises to their level of incompetency, which means basically, you know, you hire someone and after three years, you're like, okay, you're doing great. Now you're going to become a manager. And then turns out, oops, they're actually much better at doing the work than they are managing the people to do the work. And so that's something that's constantly on our mind as well. Is like, how do you make sure that as people rise within the organization, within the company, it's kind of like they have to face the same things we do. We have to make sure we're only doing what we can do. And so how do you make sure that people can rise within the company, but also doing what they're really Mm -hmm. good at? And then I would just add to this too, that 
there's very different thinking between the right brain and left brain thinking. And when you're doing work that's living inside of a spreadsheet and managing risk and thinking (laughs) about these things and the numbers and on that pace of brain frequency of like, go, 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 do, 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 just move things around, tell people what to do. You don't dive into that deep creative space in your brain where you're actually creating new ideas, um, new products, new uh, culture in your company, all of this all of these things that are really important as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you need to have the right people in place in your company that can take some of that off of your plate so that you have the time to get into that spot of creativity so that you can grow new ideas. I kind of think about it often as like with creatives. Creatives are really special. We have some great creatives on our team too who are creating art. And it comes from a place that is inside of your soul, really. And we believe that people on the other side want to buy a piece of your soul. That that's really what they want to buy. And if you if what you're offering comes from a pure place and from that spot where you're totally tuned in and connected, um, then they'll that's that's what they want to buy. And so you have to make sure that you have those people that are continuously creating and growing. And then you have the other people on the other side that are kind of harvesters and they take that's the creations. Wow, that's cool. And they, and they sure put it out. See them. Yeah, and they, and they farm it and they sell it out to the other people. I don't think they uh, teach that at Harvard Business School. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's the well, way my brain... I'm like totally with you. I'm like, oh, duh, of course. That, that makes perfect sense. You know, but we're I'm speaking at Stanford of, uh, at the Stanford Business School on Friday. So maybe we should teach oh, that there. That's, I mean, that's an amazing way, way to view that. And... Speaking of art, there's something that I've um, that I've noticed from early on. I think I found out about you guys maybe three years ago, four years ago, something like that. Um, maybe a bit before I started the podcast and was ordering some of your food and and whatnot. And one thing I noticed from the very beginning, at least the beginning of when I found you, is um, the branding mm. and the whole just the photography, the typography, all the things is just like so perfect and spot on. Mm, and thank you. As I yeah, and as I said earlier, having been someone that's been around the the health nut scene for quite a while, uh, it didn't used to be that way. Like most companies involved in this space, like the branding, the logos, the colors, everything was mm-hmm. like it's just really <laughs> ugly. I mean, a health food store twenty years ago, you you'd be hard pressed to find a cool looking label on something, yeah, yeah. right? It's all yeah. just real granola. Yeah, when we granny started, granola vibes. People still thought that eating well meant you had to wear tie-dye and Birkenstocks and not shave your armpits. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And we really wanted to change that for a few reasons. One, we didn't think that you had to be the man on the mountain, which do you know what the man on the mountain is? No. uh (laughs) I know. I think this is just a term that we use. Really? Okay, fine. So maybe we made it up. There's a song by Rainbow called Man on the Silver Mountain, Mm. uh, which is totally We talk about man on the mountain as the... He leaves society to go and meditate. Be this like perfect kind of embodiment of health and nature, really in tune with the land. It's that side of the spectrum. Right. And so the renunciate. Yes, exactly. And so we wanted to help make sure people understood that they didn't have to be the men on the mountain to live this way, that you can integrate. And you can kind of be that, live that city life, which is what we were doing at the time and still eat really well, feel really good um, and, and kind of have the space and time and thought to say, okay, I want 20 minutes for meditation. I want to eat well. I want to get high quality food. Um, and then also 
Oh, maybe mm-hmm. I want a martini on the weekends or maybe, you know, late night out, you know, dancing all night and you come home in New York City, at least it's like a 3 a.m. pizza is the mm-hmm. slice is like mm, the thing, Yum. you know, and, and I didn't, we didn't want to have to say no to that. And so we decided to build the brand one in a way that people could understand that, that it was health food, but kind of disguised as, you know, chic, um, what people were used to seeing and looking at, which was you know, Celine or like these fashion companies that turned people on. Fashion companies that put lead in their lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Minus that. But we wanted... wanted, I know know what you're saying. We wanted to turn people on. And we thought that, you know, if we could... The the only way we would be successful is if you'd actually eat the food. So first we have to convince you that you even want to be a part of this lifestyle. Right. And then we deliver you the food and then it has to be really good and it has to give you all the results you're looking for, blah, blah, blah. But first we have to get you in the door. And how we get you in the door is by reminding you that it is, it can be this sexy, seductive lifestyle also. Super smart. I love it. And it's just nice to look at. You guys sent me some food, which is lovely. Thank you. It's um, it's great to have a podcast and people, hey, we want to send, send you some stuff. stuff. I'm like, yeah, no, I need to research this. Please send me all the food. Actually, I probably need to eat for about a month before the before interview just really to really get, get a sense. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's like I said, one thing I noticed from the beginning, I just, you know, I'm a visual person. And yeah. so those things really stand out. I noticed the details, you know, you open the box, it has a cool little kind of sacred geometry, little diamond shape. Like there's, there's subtle subtleties there that are, that are cool. And, you know, certain from people like me. Roots. Right, right. But some people like, you know, there are people like me that that notice that and would be turned on, as you said, by that. Whereas like, you know, something's Mm -hmm. not presented in a way that is um, palatable, at least to the eye and looks like it was thoughtful and well-designed. It just has less value. So it's a good, it's a good value add where you're buying into this lifestyle and you want to be healthy, but you don't have to like lose kind of your taste and aesthetics, which is super important for people that are a bit more urban, you know, um, that aren't, you know, living in a hippie town, like going to the farmer's market, if you're trying to, if your avatar is a 35 year old, you know, yeah. hotshot entrepreneur, lawyer, lawyer in New York city or supermodel yeah. or whatever, like they're not, they're not going to go for that. So yeah. And we also, get smart. we also like to talk about this idea that joy is a nutrient. So, you know, when I was my yo-yo diet self, it really was, I would kind of follow the rules and, Led, led this life thinking that lack was just had to be part of it. And so I think once we, once we transformed our own bodies and our own lives, realizing that it was really about abundance and food as abundance, uh, we wanted to help make sure that none of our clients ever felt like they were on a diet. And one of the ways that we do that is by helping people understand our, one of our mottos is eat clean, play dirty. Our, our cookbook just came oh, that's out. And, nice. and it really is this idea that you eat well most of the time, like do your best, but there's no wagon to fall off of. There's no, no list. You'll never find a no list at Saqqara though. I guess if I had to have one, those bad fats would be on it, but (laughs) there's not a no list. Um, and that's because it's just life like falling off the wagon. It's, it's like, then what? And I had fallen off the diet wagon so many times and it's, it's this vicious cycle of guilt Mm -hmm. and then you got to start over and it's so exhausting. And the the nice thing is that studies show, studies support this idea that what's most important is what you do eat most of the mm-hmm. time. That every time you sit down to eat, if you understand that you, what you're about to ingest is informing your body, not just how it's going to feel in the immediate future, but the, the long-term future as well, then I think you start to understand that what you do every single day is what is what matters, not what you don't do. So if you do have that martini or, you know, that just happens to be my thing, you can have your own. Clearly. You can have your own joy. <laughs> um, maybe that's Mine's just, anything with 
with sugar. I was going to say, maybe that's the airport Cinnabons. Oh my God, the best. (laughs) Airport crack. As long as those aren't what you do the majority of the time, then you still reap the benefits of Yeah, your body can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's something that is really important for all of us that are in the health field in one degree or another is, um, exposing the neuroses and I'm like, I'm sitting here pointing the finger at myself of orthorexia and this obsession about what to eat and what not to eat. It's, Mm -hmm. it really is a fine line, a double edged sword there where you're being conscious about what goes into your body and, you know, Mm -hmm. your environment and toxins and EMFs and all these things. It can be really overwhelming, but you know, I was actually find a, a balance there. I was thinking about this when we were kind of taking a tour and thinking about what are the things you do every day that make you feel really good. And, you know, you clearly have a few things, Um, but it's really easy to think about all the things I wish I could do and that, oh, if only I could do every single thing on my list every single day that makes me feel good. And then I wonder, like, what is the point? Like, do people want to live forever? Do people want to, you know, like when we, as we go down this rabbit hole, what are we ultimately seeking? And I, I think that it's quality of life. I think that it's living your best life while you're here and enjoying the journey while, while we have it. But I think sometimes when you get down that rabbit hole, you can forget that. You know, if you start... You could get hit by a freaking, car tomorrow. Yeah, if you start freaking out. And you're like, out, I should have like had like the creme brulee. In, I know, exactly. <laughs> we're not in control of our lives. Like right. we could do everything perfectly every single day. And not and live to 150. And, you know, I can go yeah. down the rabbit hole like I'm sure you two can. But, you know, what's in our water and pesticides on the runoff from the farms and chemtrails and the crazy radiation every time you get on a flight. And, you know, there's just so many things I can get wrapped up in. Um, but I, I Smart just, meters? I just, exactly. oh God, yes. I was eating, at a, like it's I was just eating at a cafe today in Ojai and it's called Harmonix and shout out to them. I mean, they're doing it right. The, yeah. the menu is super tight, clean. I mean, you know, tight in that sense mm-hmm. uh, and, and good food. And inside the little cafe, they have a smart meter, what? you know? Yeah. Their meter just no happens way. to be in the middle of their cafe and it's like right there. Yeah, um, that's surprising. I'm resisting, we need to tell them. the temptation to be that jerk that's like, "Can I talk to the manager? Excuse me. <laughs> you think you're being meter? healthy, and there's like a smart meter right there. My meter said it's a 400. You know, I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, just be quiet and sit far away from it, Luke. But yeah, I mean, this is just—it's my personal struggle, especially there's a lot because going on out there. I interview people that are brilliant, and they're like, you know, they tell me what happens when the Wi-Fi router's right there, and it's. Yeah. These aren't like paranoid kooks. These no, are mm-hmm, neurosurgeons no. and like really, really smart people. But then you turn into the man on the mountain. Right. I know. know? That's, see, and that's, so how no, do you... Then you end up buying a house like up in, out in Oregon, out in the middle of nowhere with zero electricity. And you take your kids out hunting. You're naked speaking my language. Catch a rabbit. Line the, the walls with yeah. lead so they're EMF proof. <laughs> but that, that is the balance. You know, I published a show the other day with uh, Bruce Lipton, the author of Biology, oh, the Biology yeah. of Belief. Brilliant yeah. guy. And oh my God, it was like my, speaking of getting tired from thinking, just yeah. in that conversation, I was like, I know he's right. Okay, quantum physics. So yeah. your, your belief then creates mm-hmm. reality, right? So mm-hmm. if you strongly believe mm-hmm. strong enough that that yes. Wi-Fi router right there is giving you power, it will give you power. And that yes. is a scientific fact. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why we don't tell you how many calories are in right, your meals. Okay, okay, right, right. So, because you'll like gain weight because you think you're supposed to gain weight because you ate such and such exactly. fats and this and that, right? People yes. say that all the time, where it's like, 
you know, this idea of, oh, when I go to Europe, I can eat anything as opposed to, you know, Europe has the same pesticides many times. You know, Europe has genetically modified organisms. It's not as clean as people, I think, want to imagine. I mean, I'm going to France this summer and I'm going to pretend like it's all true. Um, But, you know, a lot of it is mind over matter. Mm -hmm. You're on vacation. You're feeling good. You're less stressed. So, yeah, maybe the gluten and the cheese is going to impact you a little differently. And the meaning of Saqqara actually is a Sanskrit word that means with form or giving form to that that doesn't have form. It's the manifestation of Rahman, the life energy in all of us and in everything. And so that encompasses your hopes and dreams and ideas and goals, all of this kind of floating around out there in the ether. And how do you take that and turn it into something real on this plane that you can touch and share, touch and feel and share with others? That it's taking this idea of a thought and turning it into a thing. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. You've probably noticed these products all over the market now with CBD, right? You can get it for your pet. You can take it yourself. There's all of these strange distinctions that are very complex to understand in terms of what comes from a hemp plant, what comes from a cannabis plant. Does it get you high? Is it legal? Does it actually work? It gets very confusing. So I'm just going to break it down here. In fact, it gets so confusing, you might actually need a good CBD product to just ease the stress and anxiety from trying to find the right CBD product. No, seriously, my friends over at Owned a Wellness have just absolutely crushed it. They make a full spectrum line of products and a bulk oil. They've got capsules and then they've got a tincture and everything that's supposed to be in the extract, meaning all of the constituents in the plant that actually make it medicinal are present and no chemicals, CO2, alcohol, nothing is used in the extraction process. A lot of companies that make CBD, even though it might be organic, use all sorts of harsh and nasty chemicals to get the medicine out of the plant. These guys have come up with some voodoo way to do it, proprietary extraction process. They get all the good stuff out of the plant that is going to be so nice for your nervous system without adding anything in. And that's exactly what I use it for. I actually had some a few minutes ago right before I cut um, these promos. And I was afraid that I'd be a little too relaxed and that I would lose the ability to make, you know, put together a sentence. I think I'm doing okay, but I do feel pretty damn chill. And I can almost guarantee you tonight that when I'm done recording, I'm going to sleep like a little baby. Little baby Luke will be up there dreaming about Onda Wellness. If you want to have that dream with me, here's what you do. Go to OndaWellness.com. That's O-N-D-A Wellness.com. Enter the code at checkout, Luke15, and save yourself 15%, which is quite substantial. They have a starter pack, they have different strength of oils, and they even have one for your pet. Actually, you know what? I might even try some of that on my dog, Cookie. Go to ownedawellness.com, enter the code Luke15, and save 15% off some very chronic CBD products. And now, back to the interview. And manifestation, I think a lot of us think about, um, you know, well, I want to manifest a house and a yacht and a partner and all of that kind of stuff. But I think many single? of us, uh, no, oh, no, okay. I, I was for a very long time, but no, I, I have a girlfriend. I just, right I just left her today. Yeah, oh, to go. Okay. Yeah, we had a long, a long drive back and ate in front of the smart meter. But I resist. <laughs> I held my tongue. I didn't tell her about the smart meter because. <laughs> You didn't want to affect the way she would think about it. Well, yeah. And I just didn't want to be annoying. You know, she's uh, like, dude, let's have a nice lunch. Do you always have to be the guy? I mean, she doesn't do that, but I'm anticipating, um, you know, right. that I am that guy sometimes. So I, I'm learning how to take it easy around people that are just 
you know, normal people and yeah. sensible about things. You can wait not... to tell her about the smart meter when you guys are married one day and <laughs> she can't go anywhere. <laughs> yes, but um, yeah. So um, I don't know where I was going that totally embarrassed me and sorry, got me derailed. Sorry, no, it's fine. We, we like to track. play matchmaker. That's why I was asking. Oh, well. Thank... I don't know how good we are at it, but we like to play matchmaker. Thank right you there. for keeping keeping <laughs> me in mind. But yes, I'm, I'm happy right now for sure. Um, what did I want to ask you? I'm totally, I just totally lost. But there was something like, we were I was talking like, about Sakara, mind over matter. Yes, you yes, said something about single. Oh, mind, yeah, well, mind over, mind over matter is like, this is where the balance comes in where, you know, okay, yeah, I'm going on vacation to Europe. I'm going to spend a month in the Mediterranean. I want to eat dope Mediterranean food, which yeah. is probably going to include wine and pasta and bread and do the damn thing over there. You know? So it's like, I always wonder, okay, if I'm eating some sourdough, which is like my sourdough with salted butter is probably my favorite oh, food the in the known universe. So if I'm eating that, it's like, is the gluten and the glyphosate that's likely in there uh, worse for me or mm-hmm. the negative thoughts and the fear about the glyphosate and the gluten? You mm-hmm. see what I mean? It's, so it's yeah. a double whammy when you have for the sure. information yes. and then yeah. you're eating it having negative thoughts. You know. Yeah. So how for you two does, you I, know, on the spiritual side, on the, on the metaphysical and spiritual, you know, your thoughts about the lifestyle and, and giving yourself permission and being thoughtful in terms of uh, forgiveness for yourself and others and yeah. staying out of that control freak dogma. Yeah. We have this belief. What is your belief? I don't have any you belief. You have the cutest baby <laughs> know, ever sorry, on I'm your really, knee. I'm like, really multitasking this... for everyone on the podcast. There's a baby in my lap. Just a lot to say. I know. I think you were just breastfeeding um, on YouTube. Oh, is that even allowed? Yeah, I don't know. Right. I'm going to get um, censored off YouTube. Uh, I think it was, <laughs> I think it was it. very G-rated. Um, uh, oh, I, I got it though. For every action, there is an equal reaction. And so sometimes I think about that in terms of what what you're saying, which is, and what I was saying before, which is no matter what, there's going to be an end, end to our life. And so with along that journey, there are going to be things that make sure our life ends, right? I'm not trying to get morbid. There's, there's a brighter yeah. point to this, but um, that every, for every action, there's a reaction. So, you know, if you decide to eat the glyphosate ridden food, if, if you're getting joy out of that, and that's your reaction. I think that is more important than the actual kind of biochemical, physiological impact. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Whitney's as long as you like don't it do it all the time. <laughs> well, well, but wait a second. I believe that... Um, you could live on Oreos and I, Cheetos I, all the time. I and as do, long as you're I, super happy and you love them. Well, this is like the question of energy, cha- energy changing energy right. or energy changing matter. Right. And so this idea matter of like... Matter matter energy to energy. Yeah. Or like, it's like this idea of, you know, we have this belief that if you want abs, you have to go do a bunch of ab workouts, right? But I believe that you can think yourself to great abs, but I don't know if I have the mental... I guess strong enough belief system. <laughs> yeah, to make, to, that to make that happen, but that doesn't mean I don't believe that it's possible. And so it's easier actually to get abs by doing I mean, I don't really have abs right now, but it's easier to get abs for me by doing a bunch of crunches and it is to m- change my mind enough to believe right. that I can mentally create abs. Well, this is where I arrived with, with Bruce Lipton because I I firmly believe that one a human could get to the state of such conviction that that conviction and that belief and that faith could override 
what appears to be physical material reality, right? Mm -hmm. And he explains it from a quantum physics, biological point of view. And I'm like, yes, I'm on board. And at the same time, when he's talking about if your auric field is strong enough, essentially yep. is what mm -hmm. he's talking about. Yep. I'm like, okay, I've been doing Kundalini yoga for years. I think my auric field is pretty strong, but yep. go sit me next to a cell tower. And I literally can't unknow that it's there and know yep. what it does, yep. you know? So it's like, yep. I don't but, know. I think it's just... my point of like this action reaction idea is like, no matter what we have to, we have to, our, our lives will end. I mean, I guess, I guess unless... I don't know. I was listening to Dr. Wayne Dyer talk about how we've just decided that there is an end to life and that maybe that's just a belief system as well. And that's why there is an end because Exa we believe there's exactly, an end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I guess, talking in circles. But if for a second we believe there's one truth and that is that our lives will end, no matter what, there are things that are going to happen that will will end our lives. And so if it's not the glyphosate, then it's saying no to eating bread. Right. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's going to yeah, be one yeah. of the two. And yeah. so... Yeah, I think I, I think in in closing of that particular loop that where I've arrived at least as of today is um, you do the best you can, mm -hmm. you know. And if you if you fall short and you do some things that weren't optimal, then you just kind of get back on back on your you know your own personal wagon of wabi sabi uh, lifestyle. Something that was really useful for me was um, the the bulletproof diet, which I don't even like the term diet, but a few years ago, I got this infographic and I laminated it because I'm a nerd and I laminate everything important. And then I have a stack of laminated documents in my closet. Um, but anyway, I laminated the infographic of the Bulletproof Diet. And the thing that I really liked about it and still do is that everything's on a spectrum from you know basically worst to best, mm -hmm. worst being the most toxic or inflammatory. Yeah. And then like kind of the, like the safest foods that to most people aren't triggering because they don't mm -hmm. have mold or create histamines or whatever, right? Yeah. They're not oxidized does rancid take, fats. Yeah. Does it take into account organic versus non-organic? For sure. Yeah, okay. it does. Yeah. Because yeah. I think all of that doesn't matter if it's not organic. Oh yeah. I mean, if there's like literal poisons on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were reading these studies the other day about obesogens and about how how your body takes things like glyphosate and these toxins, these pesticides, and stores it into your adipose tissue. And the more, and so that uh, it will be slowly released into your body to be processed over time, not right, all at once. Right. So that it doesn't affect it your organs. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're eating more and more toxins, you need to create more and more fat, essentially, in order to store those toxins into. And so essentially, that eating these toxins could be part of the obesity problem. Right. And you just explain why when you walk in a Walmart in, you know, Nebraska, you're like, yeah. what? What happened to everyone? Yeah. It's you know? so heartbreaking. Yeah. People that Corn don't know soy. about this, but they're going to listen to this damn podcast. Yeah. I think things are changing. They yeah. are. We, they we have are, clients totally. in Nebraska. That's great. We have yeah, clients you guys shipped in uh, all 48? All 48 continental states. God, that's dope. Yeah. All right, I want to cover. Things are changing. Wanna, They're listening to you. Well, you know, we all we're all doing our part, you know. And I got to say, it's really fun getting messages from people. Hey, I changed my whole life because of your podcast. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just like a health geek. That's <laughs> just you know, talking to people that are inspiring that I want to learn from. It's but people are listening in and watching those conversations and making changes. We have some of your super fans on our team. Oh, yes, cool. Yeah. Do. Dope. For sure. Oh, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned that in your uh, workspace, you have an infrared sauna. We do. What other sort of, um, uh, you know, th modalities or different benefits have you used to keep a healthy 
a company culture and keep well, people happy food. and healthy. They eat our food breakfast for breakfast and lunch, and lunch. every uh, day. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I mean, a lot of things. I think in terms of the culture, we try and make sure everyone remembers that we're all on a mission together. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's not just about coming to work, that you're, there's no kind of work and personal, and of course you have personal time, but that your growth and kind of who you're becoming is all mixed in within work and personal. And so to remember that you're at work to grow, not just your career, but your personal self as well. Mm-hmm. Do you all have we, yoga teachers come in and just bust out a class on yeah, Fridays we, and that kind of we do that kind of stuff? we go to we classes weekly, together. We have weekly meditations in the office. Um, Danielle and I will lead circles of sorts where we bring the team together and lead a meditation, create like a co-creation of visualizing the future of the company together, things like that, where it allows people to kind of tap in. And release some of the stress, get to that place of creativity together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also to build trust, doing different exercises that help build trust. Um, Like we did one where each person on the team brought something, an object that was meaningful to them. And then they shared why it was meaningful to the whole group in 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 a circle format, in an intimate setting. And it helped people to build trust uh, that lasted many months beyond that because they got to know each other as people, not just as colleagues at work. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Moments like that. That's really cool. Helped. How did you come up with that? I don't even... I don't know. Yeah, just, just, a, just a moment of inspiration? Yeah. I remember years ago, I did... What the hell? What, no, it was some sort of retreat of some kind and we did um, kind of some of those corporate group exercises and things like Mm -hmm. that. And one of them was a trust exercise and you had uh, a group of people all interlock their arms uh, next Mm -hmm. to a tall pole, like basically like a chopped off phone pole. And then someone climbs up on the pole and you know, you're, I don't know, maybe six, eight feet off the ground and then you just fall backwards. Wait, trust falls? Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, we were just talking about those the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of funky shit in my life, but that one was actually really cool to be be held and received like that. I I never forget that. It's a really interesting feeling. And also being the one that's holding to and having people fall and the various levels of of terror going on within each faller. And it was actually really cool. I thought, man, if I ever had a big company, I would investigate all that kind of stuff and really have some fun with it. I mean, the HR and culture is fascinating. I, I will honestly say that when we decided to build a company, I never thought the hardest part was going to be managing people, but it really is. It's the hardest part of, of what we do. And we have a very logistically complicated, difficult business. We're delivering fresh food that has to look beautiful. It has to be really delicious and it has to give offer real results. Um, We're delivering it's a, millions it's of meals. It's a complicated business, but still the hardest thing is making sure everyone feels happy and inspired. And you just segued me so perfectly mm. into my next question, which is going to be a bit, little bit about the um, the supply chain mm-hmm. and how that works. Because your food arrives super fresh, it's beautiful, and especially when you're dealing with um, with produce, you know. And you guys yeah. have, a, you know, obviously like amazing fruits and vegetables and plant yeah. based. So there's a lot of that. And like I said, there was a, a lapse between um, ordering your food and when you guys just sent me some. By the way, my power was out for two days. Oh. And yeah, and someone, I forget their name from your team, was lovely. And she's like, hey, we're going to send you some food, but I know your power's out. And I was like, you know what? I just have faith. Send it. And 
it arrived on my doorstep and like an hour later, the power went on. Mm. So I was able to gobble it down. But I'm, Maybe it was I'm, Saqqara that turned your power back on. Yeah, maybe, right? <laughs> it was meant to be. Yeah. That food was not to spoil. Um, a lot did in the two days um, prior. But anyway, the question I have is this. As you begin, to, you know, you have very stringent rules in terms of, um, you know, the origins of your food, the sourcing, mm, right? Quality. So, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you want to get really great quality produce and obviously yeah. it's organic and all of that. Uh, how do you find and vet farmers? You know, how did that happen in the beginning and now? And yeah. what do you do to make sure that, you know, someone's, and maybe you don't, but that someone's not monocropping and destroying the yeah. land organically, you know, yeah. Yes. Yeah. and things like that. Give me the whole farmer relationship and how that's evolved. Well, it started with us just talk going to farmer's markets. You know, when we were cooking and delivering ourselves, we would just go to farmer's markets and, and talk to people. And that's actually how we learned a lot about what organic means and what a healthy farm means. Uh, as, we, as we've grown and, and progressed, we've learned that, you know, farmers don't generally have a lot of tech support. So it's not as if they have this tech platform and we can just go on and order everything we need. And the beauty of that is that it forces you to get on the phone and have real conversations. And or so, actually go to the farm. Or actually go to them. the farm. Yeah. And so yeah, you farmers get to know don't them. answer email. Yeah. You get yeah. to ask questions. <laughs> I bet. I yes. bet. Yeah. And so we, especially in the early days, we were taking lots of trips up into the Hudson Valley. Um, talking to different chefs and learning what farmers they know too, uh, going down into New Jersey to find new farmers to expand our farmer base. How were you received? A couple city girls, (laughs) city folk come in there, city slickers. I mean, were they like, "Uh, you're doing what? Or did they get it? No, actually really great. They were excited about it. Oh, cool. For sure. I come from a family of farmers. So my grandmother was the eldest of eight children. Uh, She had seven younger brothers, all farmers. And wow. their kids, a lot of them are farmers, different types of farmers. A lot of them, a few of them farmed for Tyson. So not the types of farmers that we work right. with, but farming, um, some farming seed. We would just go up to the farms and you know, most of them, we would have relationships through friends or chefs or uh, other farmers would make introductions for us. And we'd set up a time and we'd come and visit and they'd take us around and be excited to show us what their practices are. We visited one farm um, where it was a couple young farmers who had spun out of a larger farm to start their own farm. And they took us over to look at their fields and had one field that was filled with weeds next to the one that they were growing in. So, And that was the way that they do their crop rotation they let it fill up with weeds and whatever else while they're growing on one side. And then they set it on fire and burn it all down and till it into the ground and plant and seed. And um, that way they don't have to use weed killers to grow, to, to kill all of the weeds oh, down cool. before they, they grow their next row of crops in that side of the field. Um, they have great greenhouses because up in New York, we the New York City, we started out of New York. So we were meeting a lot of farmers in that area. And to grow things throughout the year, uh, they have to become really good at greenhouses or we actually have started working with some urban farmers that are doing vertical farming oh, no inside way. the city. What? And that's super fascinating. Oh, cool. Because they know um, exactly what minerals and nutrients is needed in the water to help grow the best greens and things like that. We still love 
a, to get a lot of our um, ingredients just from nature and get all those microbes from the earth. But um, these greens are really amazing and nutrient rich, and the farmers are just awesome. Really trying That's to move things cool. forward in yeah. the way of farming, especially on the East Coast. Right. So if people are, you know, east of the Rockies versus west, is is most of the the food coming from New York farms or East Coast farms? Or what's the what's the radius kind of of the, you know, the two coastal areas? Yeah, that's pretty much it. If you're in the East Coast area, you're getting it from the New York area. And if you're like you in California, it's coming from California. We have a kitchen out here. And we source our ingredients from up and down California. Right. You guys right. have amazing produce out here. We're lucky like that. We have a yeah, lot of sun. It's delicious. We don't have too much water. We got a lot of sun. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. It's all, the, that's, and, it's all the almond the almond trees, you know, they soak up all the water. water. Yeah, it's and, funny. And people talk about, oh, you want to eat food that's local to you. But really for us, you want to be eating the food that's local to our kitchen. So it shortens the time like with that urban farm, mm -hmm. they could be cutting it at noon and then an hour later because they're so close. It's going into the meals and then going out to that's, our clients. That's over. rad. So yeah, we talk about fresh. freshness as the, the new local. Right. For people that don't have the option to going to a farmer's market, mm -hmm. you know, support companies that are shortening that supply chain. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point, you know, because I always think about, okay, local, seasonal. Seasonal mm -hmm. really makes sense to me because I'm always going back like paleolithic, yep. right? Whether, no matter if you're eating animals or not, but just, hmm, how have you we evolved? What, around. what has been the most successful strategy? And it would have been whatever was in season. So I'll yeah. be eating like my frozen blueberries from Maine in whenever it's not blueberry season, kind of going like, I'm okay. actually defying the defying the laws of the cosmos right now. Not a big deal. There's but you're also sitting in your nice heated house. You know, <laughs> right, right. Like, but it, you it's know, not like you're in a cave in the cold. And... There's a lot of levels of the um, the domestication. You know what I mean? It's like there's the environment we live in, and then there's the food. So mm -hmm. eating um, eating seasonally makes a lot of sense to me. But what you guys are saying in terms of the journey of the food, the right. freshness. So it's not just like, oh, how much diesel fuel was burned by the trucks that had to drive it from here, but it's actually the the vitality the and vitality. the life force. Yes, you know? that's exactly yeah. it. Exactly. And that's I think that's cool. something we can talk about with your audience that not all audience audiences can appreciate is we do think that life force is important. Life energy. Yeah. Life, that life energy, that that's part of uh, the nutrition that you're getting from the food. And so if it's coming and... With, uh, with our supply chain, we have these direct relationships with the farmers so we can get it straight from the farm. It's coming into our facility and going straight out into your home to eat it instead of um, if you're buying from the grocery store, then it's already come from a farm. It's gone to a distributor. It sits in the back of the grocery store for a few days. It sits on the shelf for a few days. It sits in your home for a few days and then you eat it. It's taken away some of that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, actually, my girlfriend a couple of days ago was telling me about some culture that doesn't even store food. Like to them, mm -hmm. food is like if you didn't just get it out of the ground, then it's bad. It's yeah. already spoiled if yep. like you oh, wow. carried it around yeah. for a while. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I forget as soon it. as you take it out of its um, source, you know, from where it's getting its energy and its life energy from. So you pick it off the tree or whatever else. It starts actually eating itself in order to stay alive. So it decreases in nutrients in that way 
um, the longer it is removed oh, from the that's source. Yeah, it has interesting. Exactly. Right. Right. Hmm. Very cool. I see. I always learn so much. Even when I said, you know, our audience is pretty savvy. Let's go deep. But I'm like, wait, that's really fundamental and basic, and I never and thought of it basic. that way. A lot of so what we cool. talk about is actually really logical and basic, yet people still. They they're like not we're doing just it. Trying or to get yeah. you to get eat it. more veggies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like even this idea of organic. It's like I, sometimes people say, "Oh yeah," but it's expensive and it's just for the elite. And I'm like, "Well, it's not supposed to be. It's just how food was. You know, it was just how food used to be before we started throwing all these." That's what I always say. I've always it. found it irritating that we have this special designation for normal, natural yeah. food, and we call it organic, and then we yeah. call the the other Franken food. Conventional, <laughs> conventional, as it you know, conventional it's such meaning like misnomenclature. Normal. Yeah, yeah, meaning normal. You yeah. know, I'm like, ah, we live in this matrix, backwards, upside down land. It drives yeah, me crazy. Um, it's not by accident. Yeah, right. So I'm theory, taking a peek over your shoulder at your notes, and I see yeah. in big capital letters, poop. poop exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to tell people that's my secret note. Well, when I first got into this stuff. The the herbalist that I was following in the very beginning, specifically a guy named Dr. Richard Schultz, has a company called American Botanical Pharmacy. And they're uh-huh. interesting. They're only like B to C. They don't do retail. It's interesting. Um, they've just always kept that business model for the 22 years or so I've been using it. But uh-huh. his whole thing, he was trained by the, you know, the Hulda Clarks and all the original like raw food and juicing and natural cures for cancer. And Dr. Christopher, who's a great American herbalist and um, anyway, his emphasis was always on um, on the bowel, right? And yeah. the elimination, not just yes. the bowel, but all the elimination yes. organs and the, the detoxification organs. And that was something that was really popular in the mid-90s when I got into this. So everyone was going and getting colonics. And that was like ground zero. The very first mm-hmm. thing you do yep. is become regular. And yes. he uh, had a teaching that indicated, and I don't know if this is a fact, but it made sense that... Um, he had gone around the world and studied indigenous peoples that had not been industrialized at all. You know, there were probably even a few more tribes back then and um, found that a natural human in the wild will defecate. Uh, I love that word. It's so foul, <laughs> defecate. Sorry, audience. <laughs> it's like actually worse than just saying shit. No, you know? it's true. Your baby's young enough. I can still say shit. Yes. You totally can. I'm learning how to watch my language <laughs> around certain people. Um, but that a, a natural human will uh, will drop one uh, 20 minutes after they eat. And obviously yep. that's mm-hmm. the meal before. Yep. But it's literally like they're going to go three times a day if they eat yep. three times a day. If yep. they eat five times a day, they're going to go five times. And I'm thinking like... I, I mean, I don't enjoy going to the bathroom. I don't want to do that five times a day. But he, it, the, this would indicate that even someone now that goes once a day is constipated and yeah. you're toxic. Yeah, like you should be going multiple times a day. And, and I try to tell this to people. And I got to say, I'm you know not to be sexist, but I get pushback from women on this all the time. They're like, "Gross! No way! I don't want to do that. I go every four days." And I'm like, "Dude, yeah, it's because women are gnarly, so constipated." Mm-hmm. Women in general are ridiculously constipated. One of our dear friends, uh, and she's a medical doctor. She sits on our science board, Dr. Aviva Ram. 
talks about, you know, she'll see patients and she'll ask if they're regular and they say, oh yeah, you know, I go once every two weeks. And oh she's my like, God. Or like every Friday oh, no, at 3 p.m. No. That's, <laughs> not, oh, that's, that's so not regular. Bad. Like I don't mean to uh, go regularly. By regular, I mean, you know, right. at least once a day. Right. And, you know, I think it's a lot of it is anxiety. You know, women tend to hold a lot more anxiety in their core. Um, or shame if they're sleeping over at someone's right. house or at work. Mm-hmm. Or well, I'll let you know like a little secret, but, guys. We have that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're poo shy too. Me yeah. and one other friend. But girls of- have to be pretty. You know, it's like this whole thing of like dainty and being feminine. I mean, sure. not that I'm in support of it, but. Sure. You know, oh, of course. There's part a of the culture. Cultural conditioning. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but no but, wonder we're sick. No yeah. wonder we're sick. I mean, you know, we were just talking about this earlier, but that protective mucus layer on in your gut is the one barrier between you and pathogens. And if you're not, this is why we're trying to make fiber sexy again. If you're not getting enough fiber, which by the way, most studies show you only need to get around for a woman around 25 to 30 grams of fiber a day, which is crazy when you think about our ancestors, the ones you're speaking to, nomadic culture, they were getting upwards of 100 grams of fiber every single day. So no wonder they're going three times a day. Right. And so what's so important is it's not only that the fiber is making sure you're regular, it's also the food that's feeding all of those really important bacteria that are dictating your physical and emotional health as well. Right. And your immune system. I think what freaked me out about the constipation issue, and I I, I don't want to be too graphic, but digestion has been a challenge for me throughout throughout my health journey. And so Uh at various times I've had to take different herbs, you know, that assist Mm -hmm. with you going and things like that. But what's always freaked me out is that the inside of your bowel and in your intestines is mucous membrane. It's just like the inside of your mouth, vagina or anus, Mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's permeable and anything you put in there, anyone that's into supplements, you know, if you put it under your tongue, it hits you super fast and LSD works the same way, incidentally. But uh, yeah, and we don't yeah. realize that when you, when your your liver and these other elim, uh, um, elimination and detoxing organs, they're pumping all that stuff into your colon, and then it gets mixed with all that fecal matter and creates this sort of biomass. And mm-hmm. if it sits in there, toxic biomass, right? You're yeah. reabsorbing mm-hmm. like your own poisons that your body's trying to get rid of, and Especially then those organs hormones. have to process them again. Yeah. 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 And if your exits aren't open, yeah, it's just getting reabsorbed again. That's the first place you have to work on to detox your body. You have to get your exits It's like open a traffic and, and jam done. at the Lincoln Tunnel. Yeah. yeah. If you start trying to detox your liver row. before right. you fixed your constipation, then you're reabsorbing all of the, all of those toxins you just worked to detox. I'm glad you looked at my notes because I think that's... <laughs> Speaking of detox, and it's really yeah. important for people to understand what you just said, that if your colon is backed up and you're like, I'm doing a cleanse, I'm taking all these herbs that are going to detox my liver. Like, dude, you're just, you're, you're dumping everything really into a full, you know, um, trash Toxic can, so to overload. speak. Yeah. yeah. And so thank you for making poop sex again, ladies. Yes, Sexy again. we're trying. And one of the, one of the nutrition pillars of our program that really helped me personally to open up my exits and make sure things were flowing was um, what we call eat your water, eating your water. So this means eating foods that are high in water content, like cucumbers, which are over 95% water content, romaine, lettuce, berries, melons, things that contain the water inside of the foods. Um, I think when we started the company, we thought we were eating really healthy, 
We were eating a hundred different forms of avocado toast and, <laughs> you know, Yum. eating coconut oil. Yeah, lots of coconut oil, <laughs> Ezekiel toast with the oh, coconut yeah, oil. Totally. On it. I remember that stuff. Yeah, different types of raw trail mixes or organ- high fiber organic <laughs> cereal with almond milk mm-hmm. and, you know, had eliminated the dairy and things like that. But all of those foods were super dehydrating. They were not adding hydration into our systems. They were things that, um, would sit on the shelf or in the refrigerator and last for the entire week. And we wouldn't have to go grocery shopping more than once out of the week because it would all survive. But those were all foods that were dehydrating the system, which leads to constipation. Yeah. And the nice, the, the, the trick about eating your water is that the water, how it lives in the food, it's within the web of all the nutrients within the food. And so you're actually absorbing more hydration than you would from just drinking water and you stay hydrated for longer periods of time. That's cool. So That's really it's interesting. one of the, the pillars of, of nutrition is making sure you're getting, which is basically fresh fruits and vegetables. Because if you think about what makes something shelf stable, you actually have to take the water out of it because water is life. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't, want life, life. you don't want life to grow on the shelf. And so you have to take all the water out of it. That's cool. Okay. So covered poop, really good. We covered um, eating a lot of vegetables, which is really good. The mm-hmm. water, the hydration. There's something that I wanted to ask you to about eating a lot of vegetables because mm-hmm. I'm challenged by this. Uh, I had your beet raviolis. Oh my God. Like whatever that is, if you call that a vegetable, I'll eat that all day long. <laughs> so it was super pesto-y and fatty and delicious. But mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, if I sit down and eat a salad with a bunch of chopped vegetables and stuff, I'm just, I'm so irritated and like bored after 15 minutes. I just... It's a time thing. So what Mm -hmm. I've done over the years to really get the greens in and all the phytonutrients and antioxidants and fiber and all that is I make green smoothies. I basically Uh take a salad. I'm like, okay, this would take me an hour and a half to chew through. Or I could just throw it all in the Vitamix and like drink kind of a nasty Remember what we were saying about for every action, there's a reaction. Right. There are no, no shortcuts. So how am I playing myself if I'm just doing like green smoothies and not really, you know, going through the process of chewing? Well, chewing your food is really important for getting those digestive enzymes going Mm -hmm. as well as your liver. So a lot of what leafy greens do is they, they, they are bitter. And so they act actually activate digestive juices. They activate the liver and that part of digestion. So you're probably missing a little bit of that because it's not staying in your mouth for long enough. But also, and this is by no means, this is kind of as we go down the rabbit hole, like, look, if you're getting yeah. fresh roots and veggies in the form of a smoothie, that's better than 90% of us, right? Totally. So and, and it's also, not as if you shouldn't do that. But if for a second, we're going to jump into the rabbit hole and yeah. say, okay, that's not perfect enough. Yeah. And that eating is actually better. One of the things that happens in a high-speed blender is you're actually pulling apart the fibers. And so how you digest those indigestible fibers actually changes in your gut. So it doesn't create that kind of like gel scrub brush that you really need. Um, And so (laughs) it's not as good, but I don't, I certainly like, sometimes I get nervous. I I like splitting hairs. I just like, I never want to make anything. And I'm sure your, your listeners sound like they're more sophisticated than most. So I can say this, but I get nervous saying a lot of times because I never want to tell anyone to eat less vegetables, even if it's in the form of a smoothie. Yeah. But if we are to split hairs, taking the time to chew your food, it's part of digestion and it's really, really important. And maybe it's also part of meditation and Mm -hmm. practicing patience and slowing down 
and totally. you just gotta <laughs> You're totally like, sit right. down and chew your food and Damn enjoy it. it. Maybe you smell the different flavors and oh, or scents and God. ingredients in it. You know what? Honestly, it depends what the vegetables are. I mean, there are certain ones that are sort of laborious, but I enjoy the process of eating them. But it it has been a you know a bit of a struggle for me to get the food in, and and I do acknowledge that you know it's nice to be so privileged to be able to like choose between do I want to have some perfect organic food yeah. in a blender that costs $600 or eat it out of a bowl you know mm-hmm. like I'm going to acknowledge that um, but that's that's really good to know see because I always thought well I'm actually taxing my body less in terms of mm-hmm. just energy expenditure by having the blender do the work and then I just like I kind of chew it on the way down because I'm familiar with you know the enzymatic process you described as indicated in Ayurveda you know it's always drink your food right chew the hell out of it so I was like well I'll just have the blender do most of it and then just chew it and I thought I was actually crushing it as compared to someone who would eat the whole you know salad vibes yeah okay all right well but if it makes you feel good keep doing it Good yeah. good to know. There are worse evils. Um, you know, it's funny though. Actually, I wouldn't say that I digest those green smoothies perfectly all the time. Yeah, I was going to say this. Sometimes they're a little I don't rough. Do well, a little bloated. I don't do well with smoothies. Yeah. I, I bloat pretty quickly. Interesting. And I think it's because I tend to have lower stomach acid in general. And so right. if I'm not getting those digestive enzymes activated really early on in the digestive tract, then I feel it pretty immediately. Or especially if you're... Uh, blending those greens with something sweet like banana and you're not getting that bitterness to help with the digestive juices. Right. Yeah. If I make fruits and vegetables and fat, like if I make fruit, mix fruit with anything else, it's over. It's bad, bad move. Mm -hmm. Food combining for me is is, uh, important. Okay. Here's what I ask you about the raw veggies because you guys are super into the raw veggies. What about the oxalic acid in kale and spinach and things like that? When you eat them raw, it can be pretty rough to digest. Do you think there's validity to that? Is it concerned? If you're prone to something like kidney stones, then maybe you should not eat so much kale. I I just think that we have so many problems as humans. We're so sick. And I, I don't think making sure you're... Not overdoing it. On it's kind of like lectins, this. right? Yeah. Where yeah. and and so another piece of our philosophy is uh, biodiversity and getting a, a lot of diversity into your diet. So on a day in Saqqara, you might see upwards of eighty different ingre- ingredients on that day, and over seven hundred or eight hundred ingredients within the month. And we rotate the different types of greens you're getting into your meals. So one day you might have romaine, one day kale, one day arugula, all different types, uh, mescaline, cabbage. Um, And these different types of plants absorb different nutrients from the ground. So also when talking about like heavy metals, certain things like Brussels sprouts absorb a lot of arsenic. Different greens and different plants and vegetables in general absorb different things from the ground. So even with something like that, um, like lectins or oxalate, you want to be rotating your foods so that uh, you're not that's getting a cool. buildup. So you're not eating kale all the time. Because yeah. I've heard verifiable... But you can overdo it on anything. Right. Yeah, I think sure. with the, you know, you mentioned kidney stones and also people that have, you know, are total kale nuts and they just eat kale every single day over and over again, develop problems with, um, you know, arthritis, arthritis and yeah. 
thyroid and weird joints and calcification and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, like, yeah. I'm sure there's worse things that happen from eating McDonald's and GMOs. So, like, keep on the kale. But it's exactly. something I find a lot of people still don't know about. But well, you, you solve the problem. Yeah, and you have to rotate. And there's this. We still. I don't know what it is within our our culture or our humanness, but we are constantly looking for a silver bullet. Mm-hmm. Kale is not it. Celery juice is not it. You know, there's not an, an it silver bullet. You have to do the hard work and you have to eat well and most of the time and you have to get a variety and you have to get high quality and you have to do your best. And unfortunately, you know, that means you can't just go to your same kale and avocado bowl every single day for lunch. You have to really switch it up and get those different nutrients. You guys are inspiring me because honestly, I'm... Um... I'm not really a foodie, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like utilitarian to me yeah. eating. I mean, a nice dinner with someone you care about is beautiful and all that. But because of that, there's not a lot of diversity. Like yeah. I could just eat pretty much every day um, a bunch of bacon, some avocado. Maybe if it's a good day, throw in a green smoothie. You know, just, yeah. I mean, I can just eat the same I think thing that's o- the way most over and over are. and over again, just yeah. out of convenience and just and creature of habit, right? Habit. If we didn't have Saqqara, we would be the same way. If we didn't have, you know, incredible chefs and collaborate with Michelin star chefs, like we'd be eating the same thing every single day. But that is part of the foundation of our nutritional philosophy is getting that variety. Well, and that's, you know, that, going- that means we have to keep it interesting. Yeah. And going back to the Paleolithic hunter-gatherer, I mean, obviously we can't go back there, but I'm always like, oh, we should do what's natural. And then tell myself, dude, it's not natural to just eat bacon and avocado every day. Yeah. Like no, no human would have ever eaten the same thing all the time because they were always on the move, right? So we've got 2 million years of evolution of eating things seasonally yep. all over different regions, yep. you know, as far as humans could travel in the course of a tribal lifetime. So that's a really, a really good lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Exactly. Wow, we're really we're getting a lot of moss in this room. I didn't think about <laughs> what would, I didn't think about what would happen <laughs> yeah, when the the doors open and these lights <laughs> and are on. I'm like, tonight. whoa, we have like a, a kind of a zoology experiment going on here at this point. <laughs> Our next um, podcast, yeah, we're, we've had babies, as as dogs. Mosqu- I know every type. Has of this bug. been a really exciting podcast? Just with all the background stuff. I, going actually, on? I love it's it. Like and a you zoo know, today. You, you know what? You'll be surprised if you guys ever get around to listening to this, that a lot of the background noise doesn't come through on these mics. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're really cool. I've recorded in huge crowds of people with these and had a conversation like this. Thought it was never going to be airable and listen back and you can't even hear anything. So, oh, wow. What about yeah. her grabbing so the microphone right now? Can you hear that? That you can hear. <laughs> uh, those scratchy noises on the mic, we will hear, but we won't hear a lot of the background. All right, ladies. Well, I'm ready to wrap it up here. I want to get a couple other lifestyle tips. So, you know, obviously your business is food. You're not trying to fix everything for people, but you're like, hey, we can provide clean, organic, healthy, super fresh, uh, by the way, which is awesome Um, food. But what about, um, you know, other health practices in the home, Mm -hmm. mindset, things like that, that are part of your lifestyle, not diet, but lifestyle. What else besides what we're putting in and out of our bodies is important to you? Well, Sakara means... The manifestation of, you know, I know I heard you speak to, I think I was picking up the baby as you were speaking to what Sakara means, but we, we know that thoughts become things. And so that's a big part of our spiritual practice. And that's a big part of what we try and help our, our clients realize as well. And, and I've heard you speaking it to even within our conversation is that your thoughts really matter and your words are powerful. And so reminding people that along this journey, we're not just trying to change your waistline. We're not just trying to, you know, help you fit into whatever dress. We're, we're really, we're really the goal is to help you change your mind 
Um, and I've been having this thought a lot recently of, is it the chicken or the egg? And it's kind of, it's been going around in, in my circles lately having this conversation, but I think I've realized that it's the chicken and the egg. Like they don't come, there wasn't one before the other, that they kind right. of, they happen simultaneously. And so on this food journey, we're also going to bring the mind because it can't be, it's just food. And then, oh, here comes the mind. It can't be, it's just mind. Oh, here comes the food. They really kind of have to happen all at once. And that's when miracles happen. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I think if we're talking about tools, um, living in the city is, in New York City is absolute nuts. Like yeah. it's just, it's a catalyst of a city where things can happen and things can happen fast. You have an idea, you want to create something, it will explode into creation and quickly. Um, but when it comes to us as humans living in that spiral vortex of energy, it can be really difficult on the body. And so I think as hard as we all are um, working in that environment, we have to also make time for self-care. So food is obviously the core way that we take care of ourselves. Um, and then, and, and I think this conversation of self-care is one that is rising. Like what are your practices and how can you do that? Especially when you don't have much time. Um, I like to use different apps. We use different types of online platforms. Melissa Wood is one of our friends. We do her workouts, Ballet Beautiful, um, Caravan Wellness, which focuses on alternative practices like breathing techniques and meditation um, in order. And they'll do short ones so you can get it in in five minutes type of thing. And even if it's something short in just five or 10 minutes a day, it can make a really big impact. Um, And especially if you do it every day. You are what you do the majority, the majority of the, the time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe that um, how you do anything is how you do everything? Well, my <laughs> daughter clearly it? does. <laughs> I was actually, I was thinking about her, and I was thinking, well, what if you know? I don't know. I didn't think it through this much, but yeah. I thought, what if this podcast becomes a really big deal? So let's just say, like, I'm the next Oprah or something yeah. like that, right? Um, yeah. And then someday she's like, yo, dog, when I was six months, I was on that podcast. You can hear me. No, fast forward to one and a half hour, you know, like, would it ever be a thing to her? It's sort of like if you were, you know, like in the room when Led Zeppelin recorded Stairway to Heaven, you know, totally. and you could be like, I was just born and my daddy was Jimmy Page. And I'm yeah. told that I touched the amplifier and made it make the sound, you know, <laughs> I'm equating my own podcast with Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven now. And we, Oprah. We're really, yeah, that's Oprah. the thing. Hey. We, actually, we actually got to meet Oprah, which was... Really? Oh, I love her. She's amazing. amazing. We had planned yeah. exactly what we were going to say. So she, she uh, anointed 100 of people who she thinks are like carrying forward the spiritual path of the light, she calls it. I can't figure out if Whitney and I were two of the 100 or one together of the 100, but it doesn't matter. But anyway, we got to meet her and Whitney and I had this whole plan on what we were going to say. You know, she has a house in Sedona. We have so much to talk about. And of course, the minute she was right next to us, we forgot everything. Just kind of she giggled gave us at a her. hug and just everything melted away. Yeah. Was it like yeah. getting a hug from Ama? You ever yeah. go to Ama and get no, a hug? No, I really, no, I really want, want to though. To. Yeah, I did it. It's, whew, it's nice, but it's a long night, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, a long line. Honestly, yeah, I think it's it was intense. <laughs> Probably worth it. Okay, uh, let's wrap it up. I know you yeah. guys have a dinner to be to and... Um, your baby's actually been really she's great. Been pretty chill. She has been chill. <laughs> she's she probably hang out. She's probably wanting dinner too. <laughs> probably. Um, so, 
you've each taught me in the audience tons of stuff today. Who have been three teachers or teachings oh. that have influenced your work uh, individually, that mm-hmm. your life's work, that is, um, everything mm-hmm. you are, uh, that our um, listeners could go look up and also learn from? Wow. Well, I was going to say my mother because she... Can they Google her? No. No, <laughs> no you can use... You she, can add she, mom. We were talking about chemtrails and things right, like that. Right. And she's always on that. She grows all of her own... Is she still in Sedona? Food. Yes. Oh, okay. And after all the kids were grown, then she filled the swimming pool with dirt and she grows her own organic garden. She flies wow. in volcanic rock dust from Italy. I used to get the rock dust minerals. Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> she mineralizes the soil. She has this like lockdown on this alpaca, organic alpaca farm where she gets the manure. They save all the manure for her over the winter. And then she adds that. <laughs> oh my on. God. And then, and she cuts pieces of her tree to turn into wood chips for mulch too. And then she just oh. lives off of her own. Sounds land. like I need to have your mom on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's oh pretty. Awesome. Yeah. Homestead, but she's That's like cool. very like fly under the radar. Doesn't want to be on social media or anything. Right, right. So she, tell- she probably listens to. Your I was telling too. you guys, you know, that my mom texts me something about. It. She's like, "Oh, the chemtrails are really out today." I was like, "I have the dopest mom." Like my mom is super woke. Your sounds like yours is too. Yeah, yeah. no, a hundred percent. I would say Gabriel Cousins had a big mm-hmm. impact on my life as kind of alternative lifestyle. And, you know, he's not just rooted in alternative lifestyle. He's also an MD. And so, you know, I... I Isn't I, he a rabbi or he's something? He's a rabbi. Too? He's yeah. a shaman. Yeah. Medicine he's man. Medicine man. He's kind of all the things. Uh, but he had a huge impact on my life and I still follow what he does. You know, he's very big into raw food, but... I still also, even though I don't necessarily think all raw is right for me, um, I love his thoughts, not just on food, but kind of the energetics of life. Um, And I I learned a lot from him. And I also, as a one other person that really came to mind when you asked that question, especially as a new mother, is Ina May. Do you know who Ina May is? No, I don't. She's a midwife. And I think she's birthed, they call it caught more babies than... um, I think almost anyone in the country. She is had she the, the farm. Is she She's the, the badass in farm in Nashville? Is she the go-to midwife? Because I'm looking yeah. to do an episode on natural childbirth and I want to find oh, she the is badass the original. midwife. Really? The original, yeah. Okay. When, like when yeah. it wasn't legal, she put together oh, a bus cool. and they would travel around. And they travel around naturally. the country like in the 60s. And so she started this farm just outside of Nashville and uh, any woman can go and birth there for free. What? Yeah. She's Holy a badass. Frap. Um, and she has beautiful musings and stories and, and books on the power of a woman's body. And it was so refreshing as a young pregnant woman who had really only seen gynecologists and OBs who are taught not to believe in the power of a woman's body. It's nothing against them. Give up your power it's to the medical the people model. controlling the... Yeah, it's yeah, the medical model. Yeah. And, and giving birth is a medical event. Um, and so I thought that giving birth was a medical event until I really found her. <laughs> You know, and I'm pretty deep in on this kind of alternative lifestyle, and I still didn't know who to reach for. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I love I love her stuff, and and just did the, you go the have mid- your baby with her to I had, follow her I had protocol? My, I had her. Ba- I had my baby with. I had her baby. I had my baby with midwives. Oh, which, cool. Which is the kind of medical model that I wanted to follow, right? Because they're yeah. taught that a woman is fully capable of giving birth. Unless she's not, in which case right. then it turns into, you know, thank God for C-sections. Thank God for modern medicine. But until then, your body is very capable. And, and I was really grateful to have found that. that yeah. Thanks for the resource. That's yeah. great. I'm tracking her down. Like, seriously. She's amazing. And if you, if you don't um, 
if you don't get to her because I think she's kind of out there always catching babies. There's mm-hmm. Dr. Aviva Ram is is incredible. She was a midwife for 20 years. She kind of was next gen to Ina May. Um, mm-hmm. She became a midwife when she was 16, was a midwife for 20 years. And then in her late 30s said, you know, I, I want to help my women more. So she put herself through Yale Medical School. Um, and now she's an integrative doctor and she really focuses on women's health. And, you know, she gave birth, she caught her own babies. Oh my God. That's four children. She's like, hi, welcome. She's like, I got this. I don't need anyone. Oh my God. Which now that I've been through birth, like, holy shit. I mean, I can't imagine (laughs) that. No, she's well. She's an incredible resource. For us. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a really important, you know, and why I want to do a show on it so much is to me, this is, I mean, some trauma is what so much informs the the negative aspects of, of human life. And mm-hmm. then eventually from the individual to the collective, right? Yeah. I mean, the more like I, yes. I go down the psycho-spiritual end of it, it's like, oh, it's from trauma, you know? Oh, and absolutely. a lot of that has to do with the birth process, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really, I had a ayahuasca journey recently and... Mm-hmm. um it was mostly positive and love and light and just super blissed out and, and awesome and fun. But um, I did have one vision and it was a vision of um, walking into the hospital room, the delivery room where my mom was giving birth to me. And I sort of, you know, it's not like that clear, but it's, you get the sense of that's what's going on. And there I pop out this bloody little creature. Mm-hmm. They put me on my mom's chest and then they just grabbed me and threw me in this other room and put me in a little glass incubator. Wow. Yeah. And and it was, it was not a good scene. You know, I was wow. like bummed during this experience and thinking, oh my God, that was my first kind of disconnection yeah. and my first abandonment. Yep. And I thought that was interesting. I wonder if that was a metaphor. So I text my mom when I come, when wow. I'm, you know, off enough, when the medicine subsided enough where I can use a phone. And the next day she texts back. She's like, yeah, that's exactly what happened to you huh? actually. Yeah. Wow. Trippy, right? She said, the only exception was you were wrapped in a blanket because in my vision, I was just kind of bloody and gooey. Right. Still gooey baby. And um, she's like, yeah, they put you in a blanket and then they took you away for two or three days and no one could touch you because the they didn't know if, you know, subject to infection. Yep. They didn't know when her water broke. So I was like, holy shit, I think that actually affected me. And I just did a show on circumcision, which was a very anti-circumcision yeah. show because uh-huh. of the trauma that yeah. men experience in especially in America and, and in some other Western cultures, Judaism, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so and, I, and I, I, it's really important because... Your daughter is going to be the future of the freaking planet, you know? So how we're giving birth, I think, is super, super important. Mm -hmm. And there's also a... A little soapbox tangent there because I'm just seeing that. No, but it's important. How do we get to the root of societal issues? It's not about like saving the world today. It's about saving the world that's coming. For sure. And how can we have reverence for Mother Earth when we don't have reverence for mothers? Boom. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's really powerful, you know? And and, and, that... I just did an Ollie G. I was like, booyah. <laughs> no, but it's so true. I mean, I, 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 I think things are progressing and moving in the right direction so much. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I gave birth in this time um, and that I had Western medicine available to me. But, you know, there, there were a time in the 50s where we were giving women chloroform as they were giving birth. So they would pass out and then oh you just God. get forceps and you pull the baby out. You know, it was such a medical event that they had to be put under. For we all it. just forgive our parents right now, the baby boomer parents. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, sorry and about the forceps, dad. Talk about trauma. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, like being born in any capacity, I'm sure. It's traumatic. It's, yeah. it's traumatic. Being separated it's, from your mother yeah, physically it's a, is traumatic. You know, it's yeah. a somewhat of a violent process being taken from one environment rudely into another one suddenly. And all of nature is cruel and yep. mm-hmm. watch the, you know, the, the animal planet. And you're like, you know, wow. Who do you root for? Everyone's, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I'm always like, go run, gazelle. And I'm like, run. but the lion's hungry, <laughs> yeah, you know? Totally. Yeah. Uh, existential <laughs> questions there, you know, but... Um, I but know, I, we were I talking do think it's about, really important. Uh, driverless cars, which is different, but it's that question around morals. Like, and who does the car choose? Yeah. Oh, the rabbit or the if, human. Or, or if there are two humans, yeah, the yeah. passenger or the person crossing the road. And Whoa. so who does the car choose? Does it choose its owner or does it, like, what happens? Damn. But if we can't choose and the nature does, can't choose... How are we supposed to That choose? is really interesting. Um, wow. Okay. That just tripped me out. Do you have a third one or are you giving the two midwives? I three. Okay. So you're, and okay. Gabriel, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Gabriel and midwife, Mac daddy. And then, you know, uh, next in, next in uh, line. Yeah. Okay. And then you okay. have two more after your badass after mom. Dr. Drew. Yeah. He's awesome. Dr. Drew Ramsey. He is a clinical psychiatrist and uses food. As part of his practice, um, he has a kale farm in Indiana. So he lives, I don't know, like three or four day, days out of the week in New York City treating patients. And then three or four days out of the week in Indiana on a huge farm with his wife and kids and parents and like grows kale and different things. And uses nutrition as one of his therapeutic tools. God, super smart. So trying, he's really trying to push uh, the way that we're thinking about mental health and how food can play a role in that. Does he get heat from the establishment like a like a Kelly Brogan gets heat for being outspoken about alternatives to pharmaceutical drugs? I mean, he talks whatnot? about how he uses pharmaceutical drugs when they're needed. So oh, okay. he's, not necess- they he's not against needed. that, but he's mm-hmm. pro, you know, healing, not just... Got it. Just covering his symptoms. symptoms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And especially cool. because we're in such an over-medicated society where... Like, oh, I feel a little sad. All right, here, take this versus right. getting down to the root cause. Oh my God, or what you described earlier about just having acne and the yeah. litany of drugs that are thrown oh, at you and just have clear skin. It's like, dude. Yeah. yeah, and it's completely messed up my immune system for a lifetime mm-hmm. that, I have, that I'm more susceptible to having flare-ups of different sorts because my immune system has been lowered by years of antibiotics right. in the past. Right, Um, And then I'd Third. say... Um, Dr. Robin Chutkin mm. has been really Good impactful one. on our, um, on our business and our Careers, philosophy yeah. in our lives. She's big on the gut health, right? Yeah. Which I wanted to talk about more. We didn't really get into she's, it. Um, she has amazing. a book, The Microbiome Solution. Oh, you should cool. have her on. Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. for sure. She's we badass with the gut situation. She's brilliant. Yeah. yeah it's something actually I haven't covered a lot. behind, um, a lot of what supports our philosophy where you are what you do the majority of the time and that you don't have to become a vegan to be healthy. Um, But that if there are certain studies around, if you are eating mostly meat or lots of meat, (laughs) your gut produces um, a type of acid, this TMAO in your gut, um, which can be harmful and has been connected to different types of diseases. Um, but if you're eating lots of vegetables and leafy greens and then you eat some meat, your body doesn't produce that. It doesn't oh, produce acid cool. in the same way. 
Yeah, her story is pretty profound. Her, her, she was a gastroenterologist, kind of doing what all of them did until she gave birth, had a C-section, and her daughter was very ill oh. until about three years old. Um, until she realized that all these steroids and all these things that and they a, put her antibiotics that they put her daughter on for yeah. various types of illnesses was actually rooted first, and she didn't get the the right microbiota from the very beginning, from day the one. Interesting thing about that C because both my younger brothers were C-section, and uh, you know they've they've gotten much healthier, but younger in life, they were sick all the time. They and always so had a cold. Set up with yeah. their immune system already being lowered, so they have to work harder to keep it up. Right. And it's not as if C-sections have to mean you don't get the bacteria you need. You know, now they can do vaginal swabs. Um, right. There are other things they can do to make sure your baby gets the bacteria. It's a, but it's that we didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you have to ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. If they're like, I mean, from what I've interviewed a couple of doctors on this uh, about the birth process and stuff. And they're like, oftentimes it's just the doctors on the clock and they're just like, you know what? This is taking too long. Let's just slice her open. It's like, dude. For sure. But then if you if you don't know that they they might do that and obviously I guess you have given consent. Hey, if you know I'm out um, on the epidermal or whatever and yeah. you got to cut the baby out, go for it. But most women don't know about the bacteria that it has to be swabbed in order to inoculate yeah. the baby for their, their whole gut's going to be built on that, right? For the rest of their I life. I very much believe in the midwife model. And then also right. I, I always tell women that ask, because um, I try not to tell women that don't ask anything. Um, it's their process. But Yeah, I'm, I'm to, working on that one myself. <laughs> but, uh, wow. <laughs> like get a get a birth team. Having a doula was profound and the work is profound. The work is beautiful. Like they really are. You cross the veil when you go into labor and you need to have somebody there holding your hand and having somebody, you know, they're death doulas. Like it's, it's beautiful work. And you, if, if the kind of society and culture doesn't trust the birthing <laughs> process themselves, then having people on your birth team that do is really important. Brad. All right, so we got three from both of you and then some. We've gone like mega, Bonus. mega around here. Yeah, thank you so much uh, to both of you. So where can people find you on social media, website? If someone wants to order some healthy food in 48 states of the United States of America, how do they do it? Yeah, it's Sakara.com at Sakara Life on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Whitney Tingle. And I'm at Danielle Dubois. Dubois is with an E on the end. Everyone always Dubois. has E. Oh, with an E on the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I'm picturing an S at the end. Yeah, Thank you for clarifying people. that. Yeah. Right on. Well, thanks, ladies. <laughs> thanks for having us. Thanks, ladies. Great. My three guests I here know. today. <laughs> I she hope. enjoyed herself. <laughs> oh, that, that, was smile. that was a cute smile. She's like, yeah, I'm the third. I'm the third. I'm coming She's up. She's like, I have lots to say. You did a great job too, sweetie. All right. Thanks so much. Thank let you so get much off for to dinner. Us. Yeah, you thanks. too. Cheers. And that brings this conversation to a screeching halt. What I'd like you to do now is reach your hand up over your shoulder, give yourself a pat on the back because you just blasted through another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome. Make sure you come back next Tuesday for Ancient Taoist Superpowers for the Modern Age with Dr. Barry Morgulin. And this one is going to blow your freaking mind. This dude is next level. If you're a longtime listener, you know when I promise you a good episode, it's going to be there. To make sure that you don't miss Tuesday's show, by the way, you new listeners, these do come out every single Tuesday and sometimes even a bonus show on Friday. I average about six shows a month. Uh, make sure that you subscribe if you're listening um, on your phone, on some kind of app, I'm assuming. 
I'm sure you can reach down and click subscribe on this podcast. And that ensures that every week, each episode is automatically downloaded to your device, which is great because even if you're watching EMFs, you know, you don't want to get exposed. You can put your phone on airplane. That's what I do with podcasts I love. And uh, that ensures that even if my phone's on airplane, I still have access to a great podcast. And I actually um, listen to podcast on airplanes a lot and it really sucks when you don't have service and you can't download it. If you subscribe to the show, they'll get downloaded. That's how that works. Maybe you have to click download too. I don't know. What do I look like? Freaking tech tech expert? (laughs) No, seriously. Subscribe to the show and I'll be back Tuesday. But here's what's up. Let's not forget that you can save 20% off a Saqqara meal program or 10-day reset on your first order by going to saqqara.com slash discount slash Luke story. And to get that 20% off, you want to enter the code Luke story at checkout. So really good deal here on some meal delivery. And let me tell you, as a guy that could basically live off bacon because I don't enjoy eating plants all that much, most of the time, uh, Saqqara makes it super easy. Their meals honestly are really delicious. One of the reasons I want to have them on the show is just like, I can't believe you guys made vegetables actually taste good. Uh, But seriously, it's just rad to wake up and have a box of really fresh organic food on your doorstep. I'm super into it. It's kind of my thing. I'm getting more and more into the meal delivery because I can go out to dinner or lunch, even to the grocery store, man. If you go to my grocery store, Air One here in LA, you're going to walk out spending like $400 and you have like some kale chips or something. It's ridiculous. So um, I save a lot of money ordering food in, in these delivery services. So pretty dope. So that's sakara.com forward slash discount forward slash Luke story. The code is Luke story. Save yourself 20% off some healthy ass food. And then uh, let's go ahead and support our sponsors because I'll just be straight up. If you guys don't support our sponsors, then no one pays for the show and it takes money to put this thing on. You know what I'm saying? Lots of time, energy, equipment, editors, graphic designers, people running websites, posting to social media. It takes a village to keep this damn train on the rails. So let's thank our sponsors. We've got, uh, who do we have? We have Earth Runners. I wore my Earth Runners all day today. I was at this, you know, um, conference here, as I said, on marketing, and I wanted my feet to be free. So I wore my Earth Runners and then I walked around out in the vineyards, uh, did some sun gazing at sunset with my Earth Runners grounded sandals. And I can save you 10% off by using the code LUKE10 at earthrunners.com. And we've got Blue Blocks, which is uh, Blue Blockers. Oh, that's so funny. I actually literally have mine. I don't know if you can hear the sound there. There's me tapping my Blue Blocks on my laptop as I read. Um, and I'm actually, shit, you know what? It's 930. I should have these on. I'm putting my Blue Blockers on right now. I'm not even joking. Uh, go to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Use the code Lifestylist and save 15% off. And then, of course, let's thank our friends over at Onda Wellness. This is the CBD that I'm getting down with uh, just about every day now. Actually, oh my God, I hope I didn't forget my... No, I have some. I have some of their little capsules in my bag across the room uh, in my hotel room. I'm staring at them right now. If you want to try the best CD in the world, you can go to OndaWellness.com. Use the code LUKE15 to save 15% off. This stuff is great for anxiety. It's great for sleep. It's just bomb. It's a full spectrum hemp oil, which means it has 
all of the constituents of the natural plant, so it's not an isolate. Sometimes it's great to isolate nutrients um, or, you know, even mimic them in a lab like aspirin. It comes from white willow bark. And even if it's synthetic, it still kind of gives you the effect. You'd probably have to eat a freaking pound of white willow bark to equal one aspirin. So I appreciate that process. But with something like cannabis or a hemp plant, it's just not necessary. And if you start to take certain ingredients out, uh, you kind of mess up the whole profile. So I love Onda Wellness. I love all of our sponsors and you should too. Thank you so much for supporting them. If you want to find all of the sponsors, by the way, just in one easy place and also support me and the show by helping me get some commissions off the sales and getting yourself some uh, discount codes, you can find everything that I personally use in my life at a very well curated um, store interface at lukestory.com forward slash store. So of course I don't sell or ship anything. I just find cool stuff. When I like it, when I use it, when I can get a discount, I put it on my web store to make everything easy to find. So if you want biohacking technologies, um, fitness equipment, supplements, foods, things like that, uh, I have a place for you to find it and I can save you the time of having to research it and pre-vet it because I'm the geek that actually enjoys doing that stuff. I like finding the best of the best. Always have, always will. You can find that at lukestory.com forward slash store. And I think that's it, my friends. I'm looking forward to uh, bringing you this episode on Tuesday with Dr. Barry. That, as I said, is going to just completely freak you out in the best sense. And uh, I'll be pumping these shows out every Tuesday. So make sure to come back, subscribe to the show, and please share this episode with a friend. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.